Hey everybody and welcome to an all new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting, I was almost said sitting across the table from me, but she is not here. Um, no Jenny today. But, good news, 101 miles to my southwest is Megan. Hello, I'm usually here, so I feel like that was a weird lead up. And 100 86.1 miles, <laughs> according to Google Maps, to my, I guess, like, yeah, a little northeast, mostly east, a lot of east, a little north, is a returning champion, and he is a returning champion, um, because he's won, some, uh, he's won some games lately, Justin Shapiro. Hello, guys. Yeah, if you have it down to the decimal, then you can probably tell, like, which, which longitude of north or south I am to you. I'm thinking you're right, though. Yeah, I think, yeah. That's me. It's, I'm here. Um, I'm very honored, but a little overwhelmed because normally I've been supplemental. And now you want me to, for, for one week, replace your wife. Yeah, I mean, if you, when you put it that way. Are you going to be there... his young boy, essentially? <laughs> <laughs> Let me wash your feet. <laughs> uh, Justin, um... I heard you most recently on the uh, the Joe versus the World program, and uh, I got to tell you, it's it really heartens me how you and you and Joe get together to do one of those every seven or eight years now. Ah, thank you. It heartens <laughs> me too. I couldn't remember the last time we did it. I assumed it was five years ago, but he said it was three. Um, but it was nice to talk to Joe again. But it's nicer also to talk to you guys, which is my most regular uh, podcast booking over the last two years. And that's yeah. where my true loyalty lies. You know, you know what, um, you know what I was, I, I got a little, my back up a little bit because last week on his uh, program, Joe had the, uh, the everything elite crew on to do AEW oh, trivia. No. And I just thought, man, I could have, I could have been on the show and been bad at trivia, but, uh, but it was not to be, but that's okay. That's Shouldn't okay. it have been Some... teams? It should have been their show versus your show. Family I feud though. Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, hopefully, like, hopefully, the readings for this uh, podcast today will uh, will encourage such things <laughs> in the future. Has, All right. How do you even do trivia for a company that's only been around for uh, a year and a half? Like, nothing happened. I mean, Joe is, you know, Joe's a master. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I've belied that I didn't listen to that show. Oh, that's okay. It's you know. That means I can play at home and pause it whenever he asks questions. It's true. Do you do that? Do you, do you pause it? Oh, I don't need to pause it, Andy. I just know immediately. <laughs> I do. I, I'll, I'll say this, because like, the Joe Gagne rule is something that Megan and I follow um, of listening to podcasts at one and a half times speed. Mm-hmm. But, ironically, it is that podcast hosted by Joe Gagne that I listen to at one time speed, because otherwise there's no hope of me uh, catching up with the, uh, the chipmunks answering those questions. Ah, yeah, I wondered, I only listen at one and a half speed, and so I wondered if it changes the way I podcast, like if I'm naturally now speaking one and a half times faster than I should be, because that's just how I think people talk on these shows. Um, and if I sped myself up in one of my episodes, would I then be at two times speed? Well, then you're, I mean, at that point, you're just kind of like able to prevent people from listening to your one and a half speed, right? Because then <laughs> they'd be screwed. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's how I beat them. Yeah, and some people do that. There's like a, a 
a technology wipe where you take out like every pause in the recording and then you just constantly hear people's voices nonstop. I assume Joe does not do that. And you get to hear all of our fulfilling sensuous breaths and exhales into the microphone. Every pregnant pause. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, okay, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week uh, because after last time, I decided I didn't want to be cruel and uh, have Justin, force Justin to watch Being the Elite. So uh, we're not going to do a uh, recap of that show, but Megan, did you, I mean, did you I mean, take anything from it? we barely do one now. I know, I know. But like, <laughs> what, you know, big picture, anything, anything even worth mentioning? I, I watched it and it's, it's so far out of my mind now, like three days later. Um, I think the only thing that I still really like going is that Stu Grayson is losing his mind, thinking he sees Anna Jay everywhere. And this week, he chased down what he thought was Anna Jay and turned out to be Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs did not appreciate being called a pretty lady. No, that's true. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't think I would have been that, like, upset about it. But Well, he's, he's got an Hobbs. image to maintain. He's a big, scary man. And, yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to be called a, a petite, pretty girl. No, I get it. All right, so that's being the elite. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about uh, ratings and news and stuff because there is there's something um, going on with Dynamite in a couple of weeks. And this has happened before. The NBA playoffs are screwing with Dynamite. Yes, Megan? Before you get into this really important actual stuff, yeah. you did forget to ask everybody what they're drinking. And I remember oh Justin oh, specifically see, going to Jesus prepare Christ. a beverage. This I've destroyed the show. My, no, no, you haven't. You um, Jenny is going to be pissed. Well, God willing, she's way too busy to even listen back to this one. But uh, <laughs> yes, um, before we do any of that, of course, <laughs> and after we've done some of it, uh, we do the same thing we do every week, which is the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. And I'm going to go first because I've got the one that's probably going to be the most disappointing noise-wise because I realized I've got a bottle of beer, um, and I don't think it's going to make a good sound. Like, just have a bottle opener, and, like, so we're going to see how this goes. Yeah, great. There was a little, like, at the beginning, like the, you know. Yeah, but it's it's nothing like two cans of audio whip-ass or anything like that. Um, I liked it. Thank you. Uh, I've got a Corona Extra, and it's not a commentary um, on the pandemic or anything like that. I just I like the refreshing, crisp taste of Corona. Corona is honestly so extra. <laughs> Truly, it's being crazy. Yeah, and too much. <laughs> Megan, what what do you got for us this week? Uh, well, it's good we're ending that on was Justin. A nice sound too. Yeah, <laughs> sounded like you almost dropped it. You took one down, you passed it around. Now there's zero <laughs> bottles of beer on your table. Uh, no, it's it's good we're ending with Justin because mine doesn't have a sound. I'm drinking out of a box of wine. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, I keep it classy on this podcast. I do my best. Um, it's called Black Box, and I thought if we're going to tenuously tie this into a theme of the show, which I've been trying to do desperately to justify drinking wine, um, it's like those boys at the end were in a box it mm-hmm. wasn't black nor is it like an airplane where you recover the information about a crash but that's as close we can get jericho did crash so black box cabernet sauvignon it doesn't make a noise because it just has a spout and i already poured it all right well take a sip tell us what you think 
Tastes like boxed wine. All right. <laughs> Good for you, you got your scary witch goblet. <laughs> yes. You can taste the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Justin, what what do you have for us? And and, and I, I gotta say, like, big ups to Justin, who's uh this is your third or fourth time on this show. Um you uh, did not even need a reminder about Pop of the Week this week. Well, I panicked while you were starting your intro. I brought the show to a halt and we restarted, <laughs> but I do have it now. And you guys know that I'll be getting down with my Sprite Zero. It is a vintage 2021. Um, oh, it looks like I can even push it until... Maybe I should leave it. August 15, <laughs> 21. <laughs> Uh, which is a good year for Sprite Zero. And I cut my fingernails today, so can I even open it? You can hear all the... That's me trying to get it. I need need leverage. Let me put the phone down. Hold on. (sighs) (sighs) Glug, 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 glug. That was good. That was a good sound. It sounded painful. Yeah. Look how unprepared on so many aspects of the things that guests for this show. It was much better than the water bottle you opened that one time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I also ushered in an era where the drink can be soundless, which I guess I shouldn't have done. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's quite all right. Uh, Well, cheers, everyone. Uh, and, uh, And again, Justin, thanks for being with us. You're so welcome, and cheers as well. Okay. Do you guys remember last year when the NBA playoffs, late as they were in the season because of the uh, pandemic and everything, um, caused a couple of dynamites to move around? Yes. Kind of. Yeah. It's happening again, um, as it turns out. Uh, And this is giving me like big Nitro flashbacks, actually, because I I definitely distinctly remember that every year Nitro would get kind of bumped around or sometimes it'd only be an hour or whatever during the NBA playoffs because they were 20 years ago as they are today on Turner networks. But, um, so the Wednesday, May 26th show is going to air on Friday, May 28th. So actually the go home show for double or nothing is going to be out of its usual time slot. Um, Tony Khan is spending this as like a, well, now it's like double or nothing weekend, which is, it's very optimistic way to say it for your show that's going to air on friday at 10 p.m but uh then again like given the fan base they'll probably i'm sure they'll find it in almost complete numbers friday at 10 p.m i would consider her primary co-host so i'm gonna sit in the cut while she assesses this all right thank you um friday at 10 p.m sounds like a terrible time (laughs) to me a person who likes to sleep, um, but <laughs> <laughs> not, not like not like I'm I'm busy doing things on Friday at ten. No, no, it's like I like to sleep. We're still at the tail end of this pandemic. I don't do things. <laughs> I sleep. You are fully vaxxed, though. I am fully vaxxed, so I guess I could do things. But yeah. um, as of right now, I sleep, and I'm definitely not going to watch it live. But that's okay. <laughs> I guess I'll cram it in sometime Saturday morning or afternoon. Uh, I think you're right, though. All the dedicated fans that are not me and are not the olds will probably still show up in force. Especially, is it following a basketball game on Friday? Is that why it's at 10 o'clock instead of normal times? Probably. Or just getting away from SmackDown. Oh, that's, that's a good point. I bet it's that. 
right? That's I don't know fun. if a they basketball should go head to head. That's right. Just for this special occasion, a true throwback to the uh, Turner days of yore. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you could expect a basketball game to end at 10 o'clock either. But I, I'm not going to lay my reputation on the line. I think it's going to be a basketball game. I think what it definitely means is there is a basketball game on that Wednesday, though. So mm-hmm. I think we could, I think we can be sure of that. And then the uh, Wednesday, June second, Dynamite, which would be the very next one, will either be moved to a live show on Friday, June fourth, or Saturday, June fifth, depending on the state of the playoff game that weekend. And yeah, so. Two weeks in a row, they're going to be in weird-ass time slots. I mean, honestly... In May, when that's supposed to happen. That's when Nitro would go away. I don't know when they had the NBA bubble time last year, but it was later. Yeah, it was like in the... I feel like it was in the summer. There was some weird dynamite extra hour that aired on a Tuesday night or something. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, okay. So, honestly, for me, like... I kind of, I kind of wish. I, I know it doesn't, it doesn't make sense from a ratings or TV perspective, but I kind of wish Dynamite was just always on the weekends, <laughs> like just for me, like having to get up and do things the next morning perspective. Well, the pay per view podcast responsibilities. Oh, that too. Yeah, I really agreed with your take on the last pay per view that the Sunday thing was a major bummer. Yeah, that um, that one hurt, but this one is a Saturday, right? Nope. Or at least it's it should have a Memorial Day off, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's because they're doing so. Supposedly, what Tony Khan has said most recently is that Double or Nothing and All Out, because they are on Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend, will be Sunday pay per views, and the uh, rest will be will be Saturday from from here on out. But but it wasn't last time because of a Paul brother boxing match that didn't <laughs> even end up happening on that day or something. So. Whatever. There was too much Paul brother that whole weekend. Didn't like <laughs> it. That's just a separate criticism. But uh, I do remember a conversation now and how it is on a Sunday and gross. I have sleep, you know? Right. Thank you. I mean, you do get Labor Day off, right? Otherwise, I'm writing to the Better Business Bureau. I'm a freelancer, so I oh, I don't no. really know if I'm complaining <laughs> because I can sort of make my own schedule, but I am complaining because I want to sleep. Mm-hmm. I sleep also don't have that day off. But what? Yeah. <laughs> this is not outrageous. <laughs> yeah. You need to be our advocate. Write into people. Oh, my God. And they move low-key to Wednesdays. Everything's falling apart. <laughs> oh, I know, right? What do you think about that? I don't like it for all the discussed reasons. Friday's a nice time to see my magical friends. <laughs> Friday, Friday's a very um, light day for me at work. Like, by far the lightest. Um, and so I really liked just kind of, like, getting up, working for a while. Not working too much, really. And then watching my Marvel show. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, what your show. Could, this could be big for like all the freaks who like go to propaganda war over the ratings. They have a new talking point, which is like, show's going head to head with Loki. Going head to head with Loki. Loki's a factor now. <laughs> that's true. And hey, uh, that's a good segue, Justin, because while that could be a talking point in the future, it was not a factor last night. 
as Dynamite ranked first on cable in the demo for the first time in their entire history. Yeah. You should have saved all the champagne pops for now. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can edit them in. No, I can't. I don't know how to do that. Somewhere Janet's <laughs> going to be like sensing that she was right about ratings somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Jenny's been on the train that like, no, they're just going to do like a million viewers every week now. So, um, And it looks like she might be right. Uh, anyway, they did a 0.42 in the demo. Justin, how do you feel about demo discourse? <laughs> oh, um, I know my first appearance on your show was when I talked about how every week has to have a great debate. And uh, I'm scared when I come on the show and a great debate hasn't occurred. And thanks to Mr. Christopher Irvine Jericho, <laughs> there will be a debate to have this week. Yeah. Um, demo talk, I tune it out. Um, I know it's just a, an important part of our world right now. And some people live for that shit on every side of the aisle. And if like the boxes malfunction, they didn't have a, a number for that week, people would be lost and dismayed. So good job, everybody. Thank God you talk about what the numbers mean whether they count whether they don't count whether they are secret different numbers and uh yeah it's very very useful and productive stuff anticipating future numbers um if, uh, uh associating what the number means based on things that you already think about that show and how they confirm them it's good stuff yeah, I honestly don't know why I get so like jazzed up about it, but I do. I like the I, other I think... freaks freaked it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's probably just like reading the Observer for twenty years, you know. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that'll poison anyone's mind. But uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's cool. I, they didn't even win the first week when they had a, a much higher demo rating because there was like baseball playoffs going on, you know, because it was October. So. This is, uh, yeah, this is the first time ever they've been the clear winner. They even beat the challenge on MTV, my God. That's their true rival. It, yeah, it's, that's the thorn in their uh, eye. <laughs> Raw's war is that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Justin, I have a question for you about that. I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. What's the What are the lyrics to the, to the war zone uh, hour? Um... At ten o'clock, they play a different song. Yeah, right. Because like, didn't isn't part of it like, got another show to go. <laughs> um, I I assume if I heard it, I would recognize it. Right now, only words that are coming are like, it's the lights and the box and the tone of the beat and the stuff and the thing is it all of me. Why faster than I lay face down? Uh, is words a warm apple pie? Yeah. Okay. So what's the other part? So the other part was just like, like it was it was much less elaborate, and it definitely had the words. Another <laughs> Got show another time. show to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I, I don't know anymore. I thought if anyone would know, you would. But uh, sorry, wow. you disappointed me. Uh, well, the world's at our fingertips, and if my 2014 computer browser <laughs> wants to go without crashing, then we'll have answers here. Okay. <laughs> What do you so think I'll of, check so, back in with you guys in about six okay. minutes. Okay. <laughs> Another thing that came up uh, this week is that Double or Nothing, uh, still at Daly's Place, is going to have uh, full capacity. Uh, if they can sell it out, I don't know if they can, because I don't know. Like, I know it's a pay-per-view, but they've done, like, every... They've been telling tickets in that arena for a very long time, and 
I would honestly be surprised if they did a full sellout with just like local fans. What do you think, Megan? I just don't like the idea of full capacity yet. I and I I just mm, I dream of having the pod system remain forever because I don't want to interact with strangers. So the idea of it sounds bad to me. But I think from your standpoint of like numbers, that might factor in uh, just locally. I don't know if you get tired of Daly's Place. It seems like a cool venue to me. But if you've been purchasing tickets every week, like some of those real hardcore weirdos are, maybe maybe you're okay with it. Um, I mean, you said that you've been seeing Kip Sabian Kiss Guy here and there, right? I he must travel. Kiss Sabian, kiss guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he always shows up in the clips of the audience because he's always doing something really attention-seeking. If you're listening, Kip Sabian, kiss guy, get over yourself. <laughs> the show's not about you. Uh, but yeah, they always focus in on him because he's standing up, gesticulating wildly and being himself, you know? He can't kiss Kip Sabian because he's not down there in the thick of it, but... He's making up for that by doing other things. Well, maybe he, he will be in the belt. thick of it. I'm sorry, Justin, go ahead. Uh, the thick of it, the Armando Iannucci movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or a series? Um, does he belt out Judas? Like, is he one of the real performative people? Oh, yeah, I thought you were asking <laughs> if he wore a belt. I was going to say, no, he's not one of those people. But he does belt out Judas. And because he wears a mask, he needs to make sure you know he's singing by, like, again, full body experience. It's in the, the diaphragm. Yeah. So the camera uh, guy loves him. Do you not know? Do you not? Are you not aware of Kip Sabian Kiss Guy? I guess not. No. He's like, also in... NXT weird. I don't know what he did at NXT. That was weird. But he was always NXT front guy. <laughs> six feet tall, blocking everyone behind him right in the front row. Wow. I got to get on this. I think it was like, like Fighter Fest, maybe. Or, uh, the first one down at Daytona Beach, he was he was in the crowd. He was yelling at Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian leaned across the barricade and kissed him on the lips. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he did one of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, more uh, helpful. Yeah, I'll look for yeah. him in the future. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of it. It's just like mostly about attendance and news. They did a really big attendance. This is the biggest attendance they've done so far um, since the pandemic era began um, last night. And you could tell. I mean, those fans were not looking very socially distanced and uh, not wearing masks for the most part. And uh, honestly, it did my heart good. This is why I refuse to reintegrate into society. Well, yeah, but we're we're safely watching from from our homes, and uh, you know it, it's true. But I've always been a hermit, and so this lifestyle was I was really being happy with people accepting that you know I just never leave my home, and now I'm gonna have to start making excuses again. This is the true burden for me. I'm glad people are getting better and vaccines are out there, but my social lies are gonna have to start up again. <sighs> Tell them you keep getting Vax booster shots and you're really feeling it. <laughs> yeah, I need another vaccine booster uh, three days later. Just don't don't at me. They can't achieve herd immunity, then theoretically, you could keep this charade going for a while. <laughs> no, to be clear, nobody get mad at me. I don't want the pandemic to continue. I just right. want to continue to be left alone, to be at home, to sleep on my Friday nights. Hi, I'm antisocial. <sighs> 
Well, until other then, lessons we can take from that, like the state and the social safety net can help people. And also, we don't have to talk to people we don't like. Yeah. These are all the good lessons. And work from home. Yeah. I'm getting Labor Day off, for God's sake. <laughs> it's right there in the name. <laughs> Justin, are um, like, you know, not to tell tales out of school, but like, you know, you mentioned to me that you, uh, you, you, last time we talked, you were not, you were not yet eligible for vaccination. Are mm-hmm. you, are you afraid that um, upon becoming vaccinated, you will have to uh, have less excuses for not being more social or is that not really a problem <laughs> for you? Um, well, I am eligible now and your show has violated HIPAA. Uh, <laughs> and I got Matt Hardy V1, I think three weeks ago i should get oh. number two in a week wow and okay it made my arm hurt but the rest of it wasn't that bad but it seems like the real roller coaster is what happens next so you're a you're a moderna boy then huh that's me baby moderna family <laughs> house pfizer right here buddy Ugh. yeah don't even talk to me until i've had my moderna <laughs> All right. And then, Megan, Megan, do you want to break the tie? You don't have to disclose which shot you got. Oh, I got Pfizer. Oh, I th- yeah, you discussed that on the show. And you pledged your loyalty to Team Pfizer. Whatever. Whatever. It Wherever. destroyed me. The second shot destroyed me. I, I can't say what I have is loyalty. I just have it coursing through my veins. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I'm, I'm still happy for you, even if it's going through your blood and hitting everything. Thank Jamming you. the works. Schedule your second shot on a day when you're willing to just lay in bed in t- 24 hours. And if you don't get hit with it, you're lucky. And if you do, you've planned ahead for it. Mine are on Fridays, so I left myself the whole weekend to die. Nice. That's when we got ours, too, me and Jenny. So it worked out. How did it your works. podcasting schedule fit in? I know you like made a day of it and had a lovely time at the fair or whatever. But <laughs> Yeah, no, we that was I think I think that was uh I think that was the day we were like two weeks out, so we were oh, fully right. vaxxed and we had a we had a lovely day of of like eating at restaurants and and shopping for sectional couches and uh and the like. Uh but did okay, you still ma- wear your mask to signal to everybody else that you consider them real and you didn't want to hurt them and you weren't yeah, abso- a weirdo? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. The, the double burden. I don't want people to think that I'm like, you know, one of those people. <laughs> I have a Warzone intro before you Ooh. want to start the show. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 please. This looks like it's the beginning of the show, though. I haven't played any volume. Oh, I should have muted myself and listened to it, but we're all going to experience this. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear Pyro. Helicopter going. Explosions. That's why I just thought it was the beginning. But no, this uh-huh. is a new. Take it on the run. Dog bark. It has the same raw riff. Oh, that's where it comes from. Yeah, you're 100% right. It is a song called We're All Together Now that was on one of the wrestling CD themes. Oh. Um, and uh, when I come back on the next show, I'll get you a transcript of the lyrics. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, I was uh, uh, doing uh, 
like a to occupy my mind in the 10 minutes between when we started and i wrote a song for your show do you want to hear it fuck yes okay i know this is appropriate because you know who this guy is um so this is a song from the musical which is the little orphan mickey and uh it goes <clears throat> a song that i wrote and it sounds like this but first let me drink my sprites here <laughs> Okay, picture me with freckles. <clears throat> it goes, um, <laughs> wow, this is such a bad idea. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to pull the ripcord now? Or? No, it has verses, chorus, a refrain. Okay. The stories come out. Carano heard the earnings caller say, Carano, there is done. Just thinking about Carano clears away things girls bought and they borrowed. Till there's none. There's more. When he's stuck with some stray beret that's lonely, just stick out a glad trash bag and say, Carano, Carano, I hate you, Carano. You're throwing my tray away. Thank you. Yes, okay. applause, applause. That was very good. good. I think that was your singing debut on this on this program. Asked. There's no way that it was not. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Megan, let's uh, let's get into dynamite and see if uh, it inspires any more lyricism from Justin. <laughs> I hope so. That was really good. <laughs> All right. Um, Did you guys weigh in on that controversy? Even though it's in uh, New York. I think I think we that might have been more of an off mic talk. No, you know what? I think we it may it have up. come up. I think it may have come up because um, of the releases, because she was, you know, one oh, of them. Yep. So yeah, yeah, and we're you know we're big we're big Carano fans. No. Um, going going way back. <laughs> fans is a weird word. Because like fans, no, too you went too strong the other way. <laughs> I oh. would say Total Divas made us aware of Carano, and Speaking we laugh of... at how much he touches people's shoulders like a yeah. big creep show. Um, but I don't know that you would classify that as a fan, just no, um, but, an observer. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe he's Jade Cargill's manager. Oh, I actually like that. <laughs> and he can hype her up and be like, hey there, little lady. Like, beautiful. <laughs> Who's my best girl? Oh my god, she could kill him. That's, I mean, that's the positive there. I just forgot. We, we, there is one more thing we have to talk about before, and, be, and we have to talk about it this week because um, it's not going to be relevant to AEW next week when he's for sure re-signed with WWE. But Daniel Bryan is out of contract right now. Come to the light side. Look, Justin, I'll be on your show, and people can transcribe this and aggregate it at all the news sites. Yeah. I'll break some news. Daniel Bryan has uh, signed with AEW. He will be at Double or Nothing as a surprise. Ooh. And uh, and they have given him the flexibility to work dates in other places, which was a big part of the deal. And it's for so much money, but a comfortable amount. And uh, he, he will be... <laughs> take it from the uh, Elite Beat podcast... Brian Danielson, formerly known as Daniel Bryan, will be signing a talent contract with All Elite Wrestling. Take well, it from Steve. me, a guy who decided to say this. 
this is this is why you're better than Meltzer. There's no equivocating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no beating around the bush. He's in for sure. Wow. That's great. Yeah. We now, got one, Megan. <laughs> sign up for your Patreon if you want to hear about his faction that he will be leading with Samoji and CM Punk. But that's all I can say for now. Ooh. The, the honor roll. That's right. They well, said that- we heard there were seven or eight or nine groups in here who thought they were the dominant force in professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> well, I can't wait to watch that on my television. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. Guys, wouldn't it be so cool if that just happens, which I don't think is implausible, and then we seem so smart and cool. Um, if it doesn't happen legally, what kind of gray area are we in? The Justin We're... Shapiro character. <laughs> 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 is not expecting to say true things. He is for entertainment purposes only. Oh, like Tucker Carlson. That's right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, no, I think so. I, I do. I, I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much about this, but but he is, you know, one of my favorite guys ever. And and I realize, like, I think a big part of that is because of Total Divas and Total Palace. But um, but he is. And it would be super cool if he, um, just to kind of see him in a new environment for the first time in over 10 years. But I don't know. I kind of just feel like he's going to resign with WWE. That was always something just to brace yourself for because it's happened already. Um, although like things are coming out of like, that was even kind of a controversial resigning that he just like did it to make life easier or something. Um, Because they were, I guess, debating over blah, blah, blah. We're resigned with us or we'll just keep icing you for very valid legal reasons. Right, yeah. And the sneakiness. Doesn't it seem like he's he's moxleyed his way out of there? Which is like, I like wrestling. I'm a nice guy. (laughs) Tick tock, tick tock. Wow, it's expired? That's crazy. I didn't even, that's so crazy. I didn't even realize. Well, (laughs) I'm going to. Take a trip. <laughs> Talk to you later. And then he's there. Right right down to the, the May pay-per-view. So. Seems like he got the Mox playbook. Man. When you lay it out like that, yeah. I it's it is I mean it, it's interesting that he like you said, he did he did the Moxley. Like his he, he he has actually let his contract expire. And if they've been working on trying to sign him for months, then why didn't he resign at some point during that time before he was out of contract? So yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but, uh, I don't know. I'd love to see I begrudge him. I begrudge him nothing. And I know whatever decision he makes is, is for uh, worthwhile reasons, including his wife and the TV show that made you such a fan of him. But, um, well, maybe he'll, his face will be like pixelated on the show from now on, or he'll be like because he <laughs> one of the Osborne kids was like lived in the negative zone. And didn't oh yeah, on the Osborne show. That'll That's be right. Daniel. Yeah, they're gonna lean heavily on Arnhem for a while. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll do. Maybe they'll do like that. Uh, you might have been checked out by this point, uh, Justin. But there was a season, one of the page seasons, where she had a boyfriend who absolutely refused to be on the show. He was just like, no, I'm not going to do this. So they 
they just cast somebody to play <laughs> her boyfriend. <laughs> uh, I think I remember that. Yeah, I think. Go ahead, Megan. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say it worked out. Like, I, I feel like I enjoyed the show just as much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't know about it until later, so it didn't really affect me. But I just, I just, I always remember that, and just thinking, like, man, that's uh that's a, that's a way to go. So they, I'm just saying, they could, they could recast Brian or 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 kill him <laughs> or kill him off and give Bri a new husband. All, both of those sound really interesting to me. So, yeah, I want them to write him out like with murder, <laughs> and then Bree just goes on living in the exact same house. Mm-hmm. And exact same lifestyle, and he's just not around. They have one of those fake meetings for coffee where they have to discuss the plot line. It's like, so Brian was murdered. <laughs> what? So no, weird. shut up, Bree. <laughs> and then Kathy's like, that's crazy that that happened to <laughs> Brian. <laughs> oh, God. That he's dead. You're back together with Dolph Ziggler. Wrong JJ villain. comes over and says, oh, like, I can't believe right. it's your fault because he's so mean to his <laughs> sisters. <laughs> Did you have some sort of hand in this, Brie? Probably Nikki. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, well. Sorry for all the frivolity and nonsense I brought because you have a show to recap and your listeners are like, what happened on Blood and Cuts? <laughs> Get to the blood and the guts. Spoilers, Megan, there was Megan. blood, not guts. I think there was a chant of we want guts near the end, though. <laughs> there yep. was, and I was like, what are you people asking for? <laughs> All right, down. Give us the recap. Let's talk, let's talk, let's get into it. Let's talk about Dynamite. Okay, blood and guts, though. The official name this week. And we're going to start out with something a little lighter than we end with, and it's um, the newly coined M.T. Nakazawa and his friend Kenny Omega versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. And right at the beginning, we get kind of a fake out from Don Callis because he claims Kenny isn't available for this event. So it's just going to be Nakazawa, um, who looks terrified of the two men who he is going to have to face. And then as Kingston and Moxley are walking out, Omega shows up and he just he jumps them and you know, pulls a real mean guy move. And that's how we start the match. Um, and even though he's there, Kenny doesn't, he tries to keep out of it as much as possible. I think like he participates, but mostly it's Nakazawa getting beat up. And then at the end, Nakazawa gets uh, put in a headlock by Moxley and is used as some sad bait to try and get Kenny <laughs> to go into the ring. And instead Kenny throws his hands up in the air and is like, I'm good. You can take care of him. Uh, and he starts to walk away and so, um, yeah, uh, Moxley releases him, but then he and Kingston do, I believe, what is called a half and half, or what they call a half and half, and then uh, pins Nakazawa. So, <sighs> poor guy. Nak landed, like, right on his head. <laughs> it looked like it sucked. He's 45, you know? Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It looked rough. Anyway. Last yeah. week, too, they were like, we're going to kill this guy. And they were something happened to where they didn't. And then this week, they're like, we're going to kill this guy. And it's like, all right. So they finally got around to killing him. Progress. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, whatever. This match was, <laughs> like, I mean, this was just, you know, it was table setting for the big angle, but uh, I don't, I'm, I kind of weirdly enjoy watching Nakazawa wrestle. So, I don't know. I was kind of into it. 
Is it true that the MT in Nakazawa stands for many titles as we see him later in the show? Oh, it must. It's many titles that are not his. <laughs> Update the Wikipedia. If your theory was that Eddie Kingston pins Kenny Omega and he will be the mystery man getting the title shot after all it uh, double or nothing. God, that is the May one, right? It's not all out? Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, then you're wrong, and you were right when you initially just assumed it would be the Mox Brothers versus uh, the Bucks. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, you and I were talking that night when that weird angle with the Bucks turning heel happened, and, and I think you even said, like, well, I, I you know, I want to see Moxley and Kingston kill them now, so... <laughs> So you know, like, I, I, they, so they must have been doing something right to to point us in that direction from the start. Yeah, I guess it was not the wrong kind of heat. It was the right kind of heat, and I agree with your podcast assessment that like that the angle of their bucks and their feelings was insufferable. But they've been very, very good once they finally gave in to being annoying on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good way of putting it. <laughs> so what was what was the uh, the fallout of this, Megan? Uh, well, speaking about those annoying bucks, they they walk out and they start yelling at Moxley and Kingston after they get the win. And this is enough of a distraction that the Good Brothers can jump into the ring from behind them and start attacking them. Uh, while this is all going down, Kenny walks back out. He's got his young boy, Brandon Cutler, following him around, filming for presumably BTE segments in the future. And uh, he just kind of watches this happen. And then... He moseys to the ring, and the Good Brothers and Nick Jackson help get help Kenny get Eddie Kingston up, and he's a big boy, uh, so <laughs> it's impressive that Kenny is then able to do the one-winged angel on him, and uh, you know the bad guys just revel in in that. Um, Matt and Nick are dressed ludicrously as per usual, uh, but yeah, the elite are mean. And they, come and they lied repeatedly throughout the beginning and the end of this match. Yes. Yes, they are liars. I mean, mean people lie. So <laughs> <laughs> just fulfilling that part of it. So what do you what do you guys figure? Like they'll do th- I mean, assuming that we're okay. Next week is a title defense for the Bucks. If we presume they are going to get out of that unscathed. And then wrestle Moxley and Kingston at the pay-per-view. Do you fit in a Moxley and Kingston versus the Good Brothers match between now and then? Probably. I mean, they could. It wouldn't hurt. There's a number of weeks to get there. What I thought yeah. you were going to ask is, like, what is their rate ranking in the tag team rankings? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> kind of, I mean, that's, that's kind of my point, because, like... I feel like if they are going to do that, they would need to get a couple. Like if they're going to pretend to care about the rankings for this, in this case, um, they would need to get a couple of wins, probably. Mm-hmm. Now, they certainly, they've been they've been having some tag matches together since the last pay per view when they exploded together and became friends again. So they probably do have a record. Um, Jeez, that's that's when you would have to go to cage match and tell me whether it's like worthy <laughs> of getting a title shot. Um, that's why I wonder, it's a very WWE thing for like the main eventers to cost the other main eventers the tag titles to some jabrones, but like if you're Christopher Daniels and you don't want to retire on a random TV show, <laughs> then maybe they could like win and then it would just be Bucks versus um, Moxley and 
Eddie with no belts. But that, oh, that doesn't, that's not really how they protect their titles. I hadn't considered that, but you could like that would make. I guess you could do like more of like a like a street fight type thing then um, between those two teams, and then SCU could defend against whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, on one of your shows, I think someone floated that like Scorpio Sky should have a match with his old uh, men who like to do whatever California stuff they did together <laughs> before. Right. But they were Scorp- uh, Scorpio and uh, one of the pages were mean to a different person, so there's no real direction for that. That's true. Uh, for the record, Moxley and Kingston as a team are 2-0 and now, and oh. I just, I'm just realizing that it was on the St. Patrick's Day Slam episode that they wrestled and defeated Gallows and Anderson, so they probably mm. don't need to do it again. Mm-hmm. But they're two and zero. Oh, but they beat people who were not ranked because they're not part of the company. But also, like they're undefeated. So how does that weigh in? What is the math on all this? Mm-hmm. Because I think you could just slide them in and just claim that they're like ranked number one. Honestly, every time you tell me a team or a person is ranked number one contender, <laughs> I'm pretty surprised to hear about it. That's just it. If it wasn't for this show, normally I have no knowledge of rankings, and now I know who the top four tag teams and the top two singles wrestlers are. And the top one women's wrestler. Yeah, I mean... So if you say the top four all took an L, then maybe that's the shake-up the rankings need for this raw Moxie uh, Kingston team to get a shot. I guess that's true. That would be true, because, yeah, because three of them lost this week, and then one of them would lose, the other one would lose next week. So I guess that's possible. And I don't think Dax and Cash are going to be, you know, mm-hmm. up and able for, for a while. They shouldn't be at least. Um, but then there's weird things like Hangman Page goes from one to five based on one loss. So I don't know. Who knows? I, I like that be. they have the rankings, but they're weird. The algorithm for strength of the schedule, no one has really cracked that yet. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, this will be exciting things that I won't be able to follow up on, so I can say whatever shit that I want to. Yeah. Um, But I'll be curious to see how it plays out. You don't have to Um, answer for that uh, Daniel Bryan uh, prediction you made. So coming in. He'll be there. Basically replicating the angle at the end of the show, except he will not be throwing him on a big uh, pile of chips. It'll be something (laughs) more ecologically friendly. Cedar chips. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, looking forward to see how Justin's prediction um, ends up. Fingers crossed it actually works out. Uh, but <laughs> for this show, next up, we have the super exciting feud going on between QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes. Or I guess in bigger terms, the Factory versus the Nightmare family. Um, Cody's mad at QT, you know? and Wouldn't you be? Yeah, uh, and frankly, QT, he wore, he he had his own weight belt made, and it says Cody Killer on the back of it, and he wore it out there. So I thought that was a real big slap in the face to noted weight belt wearer Cody Rhodes. Um, so of course, revenge has to be had, and uh, there is a point in this match where Cody seems like he has a change of heart and he goes to help QT up, and then QT really messes it all up by flipping him off. Um, which leads to the pin because Cody gets so mad that he does what he said he wouldn't do. Surprise, surprise. And he puts uh, QT in his figure four, you know, leg lock, and he makes him tap out, which 
probably hurt, and he said he wouldn't. But Cody lies, as Jenny is so fond of saying. Probably hurt his leg, I bet. Yeah. Mostly the part where the, the one leg is over the other leg. And all the legs smush, and that hurts. Apparently the blood that Cody uh, had issuing down his face was from an inadvertent uh, knocking of heads, but <laughs> I like to think that Cody went renegade and was like, this is going to be a fucking war game show <laughs> that I don't get to be in the match for. I'm going to get, I'm going to get juice. That was my immediate thought. I wrote down <laughs> in my notes, of course, Cody has to bleed on this show. He can't let other people do it. In terms of predictions, do you guys want to guess how many weeks out until Jericho does either his own podcast or an interview with someone else where he passive aggressively complains about the blood and the big fall bump on the show that took away from his match? Like, what are we doing, man? <laughs> yeah, weren't like, they supposed to have not really, supposed but, but really. to have production meetings? Yeah, <laughs> like, you're not supposed picture. to double up on these gimmicks. Now, you don't think there's any way in the world that tomorrow on Talk is Jericho. It's like all of the inner circle and all of the pinnacle breaking down <laughs> the machinations. Well, guys, we of did the... <laughs> well it was live, right? Question. Yeah. I think he'd need at least like two weeks production time. He probably has an episode slotted in. So I, my estimate for both the complaining and the interview, I say it happens both shows uh-huh. or both on the same show, two weeks. Okay. I think that right. will definitely happen, but they will probably preserve it after their program. Cause he made sure to do his interview with MJF before they broke up. I think it was the, the, um, the Friday before the pay-per-view where they challenged for the tag titles. So, and they they like semi kayfabed it as like we're really good friends and all these other guys are jerks. MJF is the only wrestler who I enjoy listening to stay in kayfabe on podcasts. <laughs> Do you remember in 2014 <laughs> when Bray Wyatt called oh. you and it was like a shoot and he's oh, God? <laughs> Do I ever? <laughs> that should happen again. Where it's like, hello, Marks. Christopher's in the hospital, so we'll be running the show today. We're sitting down with the lead guitarist of Slayer. We couldn't change that part of the booking. Justin, do you remember when Goldberg had a podcast for a while? No, sir. Okay, Goldberg, like during during the the podcast wrestling podcast boom when like Jericho and Austin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When it was probably, it was, I, I guarantee. Actually, I think I remember reading Joe writing about uh, Goldberg podcast. So it was during that era. I missed that uh, column. You should bring mm-hmm. that back. Um, but anyway, I love Bill Goldberg. I've always loved Bill Goldberg. He's like one of my favorite people um, in wrestling. I think he's so cool and so badass. But I hated his podcast because <laughs> the one thing that I wanted to hear Bill Goldberg talk about was professional wrestling because he's a badass pro wrestler who I love for being a badass pro wrestler, but he never, never had a wrestling guest on his podcast. It was always like car guys. You know, how Austin has a mix of like hunters and like, and then like, but, but like, and, and Jericho has his musicians, but they're, they always have wrestling guests on. Like there's always like a few people a month. You'll be like, yeah, I want to hear that one. No, not Bill Goldberg. It was cars, hunting, survivalists like all the bullshit he never had a wrestler on and it just it just drives me crazy 
Austin would sit down with uh, contemporary wrestlers, old wrestlers, hunters, and then once in a while, boy, this cat fluffy. (laughs) (laughs) This is the funniest cat out there. He really cracks my ass up. So just going to let him come on the show. Um, You're right. Yes, I remember when they did Goldberg's documentary uh, on the, I guess, the last days of the WWE Network. and And most of his passion was talking about, like, Three point stance and football technique, and then be like, So, yeah, all that happened. And then I saw some guys in Atlanta gym and did wrestling. <laughs> He's great. I just, I just, he is a really sincere person. I like him yeah. a lot. Yeah, he's cool. Are there any yeah. enemies of yours or ghosts that haunt you that you would be really scared if they called him the show right now? <laughs> I'd be, you know, probably a couple ex girlfriends, but. Hmm. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen no spirits or i i really activities i live my life in a way where i try really really hard not to step on anyone's toes ever Mm -hmm. um because i get physically ill at the thought that someone out there doesn't like me yep so i tend to not have enemies and it really stresses me out when i do so you know same here. I guess it's down to Megan then, which I a long time rival. Because um, I would immediately apologize, especially to some kind of like curse or succubus. I like, <laughs> no, I was absolutely wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think somewhere in my um, on the road to midlife crisis, because I'm not quite <laughs> midlife. I mean, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, have you seen life expectancies? You're raring up for a third life crisis at most. Yeah. Like, so I, I feel like this is why I'll be okay. But as I get older and mature, I do um, just sometimes when I'm laying in bed at night, a horrible anxiety thought will hit <sighs> me and I'll remember something like shitty or terrible I said or did in high school or <sighs> earlier. And I'm just like, I bet okay. they hate me to this and day. And now I'm thinking of those things I did. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. Why didn't I know better? I didn't mean yeah. to. Exactly. And I'm like, you know, I've changed and evolved so much since that time that if I ever, if anyone from that time period of my life came to me and said, you know, you really hurt my feelings or this thing you did haunts me to this day, I would break down and apologize. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I'm not a, a woman of means, but I would try to be like, do you want all of the money I have now. <laughs> Please don't hate me. I've I've changed so much. Um. So yeah, like that sort of thing haunt me haunts me. I, I guess in that sense, uh, anyone from when I was a young shitty kid could show up, and I would uh, immediately break down and apologize. But I think as an adult, I'd like to believe that I've I've done mostly good, and, and like Andy said, reached a point where I try not to step on anybody's toes and just kind of let it be. So. I don't know. Don't come at me, high school people, please. I, I can't emotionally handle it, and I probably deserve it, that state of mind, you know, oh, if I've done wow. something terrible to you. But welcome to my neurosis. <laughs> so either we all cleared up that this couldn't happen, or it was incredible foreshadowing. Oh, God, I hope it was the first one. <laughs> I think that was that, that Allison Loman in Drag Me to Hell was, like, a very nice, polite lady who got cursed and was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that whole thing. And then some horrible monster or gypsy. I didn't see it, but they were like. <laughs> I saw oh. it. It was good. She was very nice and it was very unfair. 
That sucks. Yeah, yeah, I don't like stories like that. I like to believe that if I put good karma out there, like I'm going to get it back and not uh, randomly get murdered or something. <sighs> so spoilers for Drag Me to Hell, um, a movie of that came out 15 years ago or so. Um, at the end of the oh. at the end of the movie, uh, she gets dragged to hell. <gasps> <laughs> we really haven't seen Allie in a major motion picture since then. It seems like. Yeah, seriously, man, what happened to her? Her career got dragged to hell. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Wow, what a cautionary tale for the three of us. Yeah. Okay, well, right. please touch base with your uh, wife when she's on next week if she has any rivals or foes, and then you'll be good to go. Out of all of us, she uh, she has been the one who was kind basically her whole entire life. <laughs> so if anybody hates her, it's probably their problem. <laughs> it's aggravating how nice she is. <laughs> Oh, that should have been your toast at their wedding. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's aggravating how well you two get along and how much it's good for each other. I hate it. There are people who hate her, though. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. And they're what on a, the line? What a weird, yeah, what a weird thing to bring up. Don't don't summon them. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. Um, so let me let me say this. I liked the, um, the Cody-QT match because... Especially, you know, when you pair it with the angle that happened right after, because I think I think this is QT's perfect role as like the setup guy for someone who can actually be a star, like Anthony Agogo. Yes, yes, uh, Anthony Agogo got to do the fun after the match move where uh, Cody had won, and then he just walks out, does his Anthony Agogo. I used to be a boxer, so I'm pretty good at punching. Gut punch, <laughs> and then when Cody basically died in the ring he covered him with a union jack flag and was like haha i killed you sir (laughs) yeah oi mate you're dead (laughs) you're bloody (laughs) knackered (laughs) justin are you um are you pro gut punch or anti-gut punch Mm, i'm pro i mean it's certainly ridiculous that there's so many probably opportunities in a match to do your single (laughs) fast move that literally kills people but (laughs) Um, there's probably something about like the exact angle and rotation he needs to make it effective, and I don't see why people should doubt that. Presuming that it. they are on track for a pay-per-view match, I really hope that they build the entire match around Cody cleverly avoiding the gut punch yeah. until, he, until he does not. He just twists. You just twist to the side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He should do like the Bret Hart steel plate or the Mick Foley secret barbed wire belt thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Gets the deadly belly button punch, and he's like, "Oh no, <laughs> me nux, <laughs> me nux." <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, uh, in terms of also wondering about future directions, I wanted you guys to assure me that they were not going to meet in like a uh, spring stampede of uh, or stadium stamp. It is in the spring of. Uh, QT Boys versus uh, Cody Rhodes and Billy Gunn's family. I mean, I guess, I guess they could. That would be pretty underwhelming, but I it seems to me like it's got to be Cody and a go-go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and they don't Justin, really that was the... Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, that was that was like two weeks ago. The, the gut punch was the annoying AEW discourse yep. of the week. That's right. <laughs> yeah. People I'm are well spent. Anti-gut punch? Some people were. They were. They were just like, "That's not realistic. This is stupid." 
How dare this be happening? <laughs> Have they not seen boxing? I mean, that's like a move you no. you do in legitimate fighting. I don't understand the anger. Okay. I forgot about it because I was unprepared and took a nap this afternoon. But I thought, like, maybe it would be fun if I did your show one time as one of those people who hate everything. <laughs> as a real point counterpoint on your mm-hmm. show. And be like, well, when that happened, I about puked. I got scared, and then I got pissed, <laughs> and I puked. So that'll be next show, probably. Okay. So we would be calling in as the ghosts of people that were <laughs> like, right. how dare you, sir? <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> Fundamentally when you, bad. When you wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh no, I wronged someone, think of this. <laughs> think of what you've done. I puked again. <laughs> So, uh, if speaking of puking, here's a weird question, and totally unrelated to anything um, relevant in this match, but why did they blur QT's butt when mm-hmm. Cody pulled his tights down, but they didn't blur one of the men in the Blood and Guts match when his tights got pulled down? I believe it was Dax. It was uh, FTR Beard. FTR, Dax. Okay, yes, good job. Um, FTR Bald Beard? Yep. Okay, so. Oh, yeah, uh, you're right. Damn it. <laughs> no, you, you were right. I just, you know, they both have beards. But mm-hmm. my point, the question stands: Why blur one butt and not the other? <laughs> I think it's like a first hour versus second hour standards thing. Oh, is it like AEW After Dark? <laughs> you get to say shit once, and you get to show one thing where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess that answers my question then. Okay, yeah, I've never seen a butt. Cry blurred before i just i i didn't i didn't remember it being blurred uh on mine it was blurred isn't okay. it just because they taped the um earlier matches and the oh was live do you think that's true too yeah well that is logical and thought out um i was hoping for more of a mystery <laughs> or some sort of conspiracy about why qt's butt couldn't be shown but da- uh dax's could yeah i'm disappointed i figured it out <laughs> <laughs> They have similar physiques as well, so it's not like there was yeah. one butt was good and the other one was not. That's that's what it, I hate to admit it, but yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, what what are we discriminating on here? <laughs> About the same type of butts. Speaking of the taped thing, apparently, so yes, a lot of that stuff was taped, but they were playing the live crowd reacting to the stuff on the video screen as our audio. So I thought that was like a good idea instead of just the usual like kind of weird mix they do for the tape shows. Yeah. Un- unprecedented to me. Go ahead, Megan. Oh, I mean, I was apparently just going to agree with you. I-, mm-hmm. I think it's nice to have some ambient sound and it didn't strike me as weird the way sometimes the WWE piped in sound does where it's very obviously piped in. This is also awesome MP3. Our troopers and, and, Kiss Kip Man and all were like, we're gonna be nice because this is we're part of the team here, so we're making noise. <laughs> they were good. They were hot all night. Because it's it's one thing if you show like the boiler room brawl or a pre-taped cinematic match somewhere, but it's it, I think it's weird if they're like showing the ring that you're sitting outside of and like the ghosts of the past. Or that's true. It's <laughs> true. Wait a minute. There's a cage around this. Mm-hmm. Highly suspicious. It, it is weird, too, though, because I remember you saying last week, Andy, that 
these were being pre-taped, all the everything except for the main event. But they still had the two rings out there. So part of me, what I just got confused and was like, maybe this is live because it by and all it worked. Yeah, by all standards of presentation, it it did strike me as like they're doing this live. Well, they lied smart. and had they the should live have been implied dogs. that like part of the cage construction was a crane coming in and moving the <laughs> ring and bringing in a second ring. How he interviews Kenny Omega. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Well, Kenny, I feel like Kenny gave it away a little bit when he, uh, I guess we'll get there. But Kenny, Kenny kind of gave it away a little in his speech. I think he said something like, um, are you guys ready for blood and guts? And then like three sentences later was like, you guys ready for that blood and guts match? (laughs) Like, like he was introing the show, but also like the match. So like Kenny, you're, you're more professional than this. Come on. Well, Kenny's part was live. Yeah. Well, you could tell because he didn't look like he had a match earlier. I don't care how much time he had to shower. He didn't look like he had a match. All right. But you've said before that Orange Cassidy's telltale skin can also give things away. And he was there. So they're lucky that he had a lot of clothes on. Yeah. Orange Cassidy has the, the Irish white skin like I do. Our listeners can't hear, but this, this is pasty. Is your I, skin so dry you can carve the word dry into it? No. That was, that was an old commercial. Yeah, but that's horrifying to think of visually. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I have the Orange Cassidy skin. If I, like, anything touches me, basically, there's a red splotch. Because, hello. Representation Sports. matters so much. And that you can see someone successful on TV living... <laughs> thriving and justin you're so right because basically when i saw orange cassidy i was like well how long could it really take me to learn how to flip with my <laughs> that guy he can do a it. hero like he doesn't seem to want to <laughs> wrestle neither do i <laughs> exactly we have the same mentality <laughs> let's do this oh man when andy said i was bad at recapping i now realize what he meant Please continue with your thing okay okay let's go from that to uh um... i said you were bad at recapping I think so. That's a mean said thing I was, for me I was to say. I'm sorry. Good at, good That's at what other keeps him up. <laughs> keeps Justin That's up. That's right. Night. That's why I'm here. Hello. I just don't. Th- I think. I think you just never do it. Right. No. Yeah. I don't. I don't stick to the, to the format sheet. Yeah. Can't give this guy a script. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well. <laughs> so next up, we've got Alex Marvez talking with uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Scorpius guy quotes the original Batman, I believe, when he nope. says, nope. "Oh, oh, is it the Jim Carrey? Yeah. Jim Carrey, yeah, riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? Uh, which I guess is kind of like a scorpion because what he's talking about is Sting, actually. And well, but he has a but he has a black bat. <laughs> but yep. it's not like a flyy bat; it's a hitty bat. Oh, it's a it's a it's a homonym, homonym, homophone. Which one is it? I don't want to commit. <laughs> Smart room. Nim from the Latin name. Same. Okay. Gay name. <laughs> Phone from the Latin to listen in your ear. Yeah. Well, that doesn't really help, does it? <laughs> no, I think. Okay, so I think a homophone, and I'm not going to look this up, but I think a homophone is sounds the same, but it's spelled differently. 
and homonym is same spelling. Mm. Let's okay. go with that. Now, right. I did have to distinguish this because I once wrote a sample lesson plan about puns and homonyms. And do you know, <laughs> this was student teaching, so don't arrest me. But <laughs> the, the example, that, or I mean, uh, like fake teaching in front of your peers, like mm-hmm. not, not student teaching students. So I, the one I did was a joke that Kevin Nash did on Thunder about, I believe, jeez. Uh, Gorgeous George, maybe, but he said, uh, uh, um, I don't like to watch her wrestle, but I love to see her box. Oh, Kevin Nash. No. So one time I visited my great uncle in the retirement home that he was in. And he asked me, do you want to hear a joke that (laughs) I learned in the Navy? And I said, Yes. (laughs) No. Yes. <laughs> and, he said, say no to that. and he said, I dated an athletic girl once, you know? And I said, Yeah? And he said, Yeah. She wasn't much of a wrestler, but you should see her box. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so he and Kevin Nash were part of the same clique. They totally talked to each other. So that was a different time than when Kevin Nash said he was going to go home and eat a little Korean. That's right. Okay. Kevin Nash, I. <laughs> feel really uncomfortable saying he's a silver fox because turns out he's gross he's real gross <laughs> nasty um wow and what's weird about those jokes is as far as i know like people only use that slang to do that joke and never use it at any other time <laughs> so um, yeah I, I think you're right about that Jeez, <laughs> did you watch the two dudes with attitudes documentary i did i actually Network? did Oh, God. Fucking masked man. (laughs) The WrestleMania 11 title match basically shifted from the 80s to the 90s. That's not something I decided to say just because I'm a talking head for this. Shut up. He wasn't even wearing a mask. That guy got a book published. Uh. (laughs) I liked liked the documentary mostly, though. Mm -hmm. It It was was fun seeing all that. (laughs) Yep. Well, guys, done reminiscing about yeah. your dirty Kevin Nash and other apparently bad people make box jokes. Deeply unfortunate, and I'm sorry. It is unfortunate. It is, but that's okay. This was a much more innocent homonym. Is what we landed on. So. Okay, homonym. Okay. Well, he says that, and he, in my defense, uh, he then went on to compare Sting to a mosquito, which I feel like was. You know, you made a homonym, and now you're doing like a. Which one is it? An ad hominem attack. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I hate you, English. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he calls Sting a mosquito. He's sucking the company dry, and he needs buzz, to be buzz. killed. Buzz. Do mosquitoes butt. even sting people? They just bite them. Yeah, they just suck their blood. Mm-hmm. Well, that was. Uh, Scorpio segment. He is gunning for Sting. That's important now. And then uh, Ethan Page, he wants Darby, and he says, "Hey, Darby, we have a storied history, but nobody wants me to hear, to hear me talk about matches that nobody watched. I have no idea what their storied history is. It sounds <laughs> it sounds very dangerous based on what he said next was, which was that Darby has face paint because he's covering up a dent in his forehead that Page gave him." And he has metal in his elbow, thanks to Paige, which 
I thought was a weird brag because in wrestling, doesn't that just mean you're dangerous to work with? Gives you like a, oh, I thought you meant that your elbow gives you like super hitting powers. Uh, but No, that'd be cool though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was also specific, but it's surely true. Um, I'll have to examine him for forehead dents in the future. <laughs> So I didn't, I also don't, I'm not really super aware of their history aside from, I know it happened in Evolve mostly. And when I was kind of going through uh, wrestling Twitter last night after Dynamite, I did see a gif of a match that they had where Ethan Page shoves Darby Allen off the top rope um, into the third row and just into like empty seats. <gasps> it looked, it looked like it sucked. Yiko, Miko. Yeah. I don't I, know if it sucked worse than what Darby did. That was my next question. Here, yeah. but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 100% sure Darby signed on for both of that and this thing that happens next. But uh, also, prior to what happens to Darby, at this point, Darby does fly in from the side of the screen, and I feel like he shoves Ethan Page into the concrete post or whatever you call those things, columns, uh, really hard. So like, maybe they just have this type of relationship where they hurt each other. Um, but at this point, Darby is there for blood. And um, we learned from the announce team that Sting's not there because I guess the heel lock that Scorpio put him in last week has left him injured. Kayfabe. I'm this assuming he's not for real. Justin, this is so weird. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even put this together. The last time <laughs> you were on was the first appearance of Sting on Dynamite. And he has been on every single episode of Dynamite since then, until this week. I took care of it. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my god. So if we don't have you back, he's not coming back. You're like the on-off switch for this. (laughs) I think so, yeah. It's terrible for Darby, because of all the times his white-painted dad saved him. Like this one really could have helped. Yeah. I think they played the organ music and it was like on the snow all came out and he limped out and then he was over there in the tunnels and there was like all the way on the stairs. Oh no. Where's my... Sorry. Sorry, son, I can't save you. He summoned his little grappling hook thing to try and like get him up there, but it only goes one way. <laughs> Maybe that helicopter that brought him to the clash could have picked him up and zipped him up there. But yeah, yeah, I heard that I had put on like one of the most prestigious streets in professional wrestling and i said yeah i break it on my terms i i, I did not when, I, when we were talking about that last week i certainly did not expect like the streak to end with this week so and i hadn't even thought about it until just now so that's that's wild yeah i can formally tell you the streak is over five months you have some dark powers <laughs> turn off the snow <laughs> Winter's not coming anymore. It's uh-uh. over. Winter has... Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I'm somewhere with... It's like, winter has Anthony a went-went or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> a go-goed? Yeah. It's a gone-gone. Okay, That's, so yeah. do we think do we think that Darby was wearing uh, protection under his clothing? No. <laughs> no, but he should have. Uh, because yeah, he, um, gets thrown down the first, they're on the upper concourse, which first of all, 
what happens to him is bad, but I also just envisioned, whoops, I accidentally flew over the barrier, which is very that low. It made me so uncomfortable they were doing spots up there. I was yes. like, that's a bad one. Yeah. Apparently a- falling from a great height is not that bad from what I've seen later on the show, but I was really uncomfortable doing like fast spots up there, like the first flying torpedo that you discussed before. Yes, that was horrifying. Uh, so yeah, the, the like waist-high barriers with People like Darby flying around full speed, not no regard for their safety. I thought somebody was going over the edge and going to die. Um, but they didn't. But Darby did get thrown down the first flight of concrete stairs. And it did not look comfortable or fun. Um, I know it's a work. And so medical staff was required to come out. But I'm sure Darby didn't come out of that unscathed. It, it's, he's got to be sore minimum. And, uh, yeah, Ethan Page and Scorpio just stood at the top of the steps laughing as we got this really long, lingering look at the medical guy standing or, like, squatting next to Darby and Darby looking like he was in pain and trying mm-hmm. to get up but then failing. I'm like, this is going on a really long time. Yeah, I fear as though he may have some sort of arm or elbow injury that could make him susceptible to the Game Boy or whatever. Mira's <laughs> is called now. Game over. Yeah, game yeah. over man uh-huh so imagine if your arm hurts and then your arm gets wrapped around this beefy man's knee and you're not going anywhere i might pass out and lose my tnt title i don't know fuck <sighs> probably will i was just relieved that he did not do the stuntman thing where you like funk at the bottom and then you decide to like find a reason to slowly roll and tumble down the second set of stairs. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> That would have been terrible. I just assumed he would because he was only halfway down, but they decided to stop. Now, was do you? I, I'm sure, Justin, you didn't actually see this by watching the pay per view was on, but I'm sure you've seen the gif and clip a million times of Samoa Joe doing the flying drop kick on the on the stone steps. Sure have. <laughs> yeah, as a gift. against Sting, coincidentally. Um, right. Do you think this was better or worse than that, as far as like Ooh. for your body? Um. <laughs> I think the drop kick seemed like it was all one landing, right? Like you jump off stairs, you didn't roll mm-hmm. down them. So, but I haven't, I guess I'd have to look at Darby's fall again to see how many steps down before he started made contact, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He really threw himself. Like tra- trajectory wise, I was surprised he stopped at mm-hmm. the first landing. He, he was going for it. He had momentum. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I bet. I feel like it hurt. Oh, for sure. I think so. I've never understood how with things like drop kicks, well, not drop kicks, um, leg drops and like any bulldogs, anything where you land on your butt, how more Mm -hmm. people's tailbones don't just shatter. Right. I I never get that. Yeah. One time I was a little bit, I was a little bit intoxicated at my cousin's house and I was walking down the stairs from the bathroom and I missed a step and I just landed on a carpeted stair um, right on my tailbone. It just like <laughs> sent shock waves up and, and you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a tiny thin little boy like Darby Allen is. I've got a lot of uh, cushion there. And uh, also it was carpeted. And my tailbone hurt for 10 years. Oh, my God. 
like it's it's only seriously it's only been in the last couple of years where it's where it's like oh, it doesn't hurt when I like <laughs> when I sit on the floor anymore. Um, that does not bode well. I think I you can get at least some torrents of DDP yoga. Apparently, there was this one guy who really helped. Couldn't <laughs> even freaking stand up. You gotta see this guy. Arthur, oh yeah, God. that's right. <laughs> Arthur is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> so it's about moving with dynamic resistance. You should look into it. Uh, damn. We were going back to Thunder in 1999 and 2000. There is that wrestling mentality of like, I have an idea and it'll hurt, but stuff hurts, and then, you know, sacrifice for the biz and. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Jonathan the Bull Stamboli decided he was going to do a slingshot leg drop over the... Springboard. Oh, God. Yeah. So a springboard leg drop from inside the ring to outside the ring onto someone, I think... Terry Funk. Yeah, and whether he put a chair on his head or not, regardless, like, he... He exploded his butt. (laughs) He... The actual wasn't the actual injury like he tore his urethra. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> right. Ooh. I don't want to take your show in that direction. So <laughs> the the euphemism is exploding his butt. Um. So I hope that didn't happen to Darby Allen or to you, Andy, when you fell down the stairs. Okay. Well, I might have peed a little, but. Okay. <laughs> Oh God, Jenny would not like this line of conversation. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to uh, to what, what's Britt up to? Uh, Doctor Britt Baker D. She's up to number one, baby. Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah. She's here to let you know that even though she thinks those rankings are crap, she is number one. I mean, she did that last week. She's not here to do that this week. This week, she's here to squash some some lady um, named Julia Hart, but not like of Brett's house. But didn't they say she's from Calgary? They said she's not. Oh, well, that makes more sense then. Oh, yeah. so yeah. Well, she's either one or the other. So yeah, I guess we all are, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. We so either she... are or not from Calgary and Bret Hart's ex-wife. Oof. Yeah. Maybe she's, she's single white female in her. I was going to say she's too young to be Bret Hart's ex-wife, but I guess she could try to take over her life if that was the direction she wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Justin, have you ever watched Single White Female? Nope. What happens? Um, somebody gets like the verb form of Single White Female. <laughs> uh, no, but it's funny you mentioned that because Megan and I this past weekend watched a 2011 film called The Roommate which is a college freshman remake of Single White Female starring... Leighton Meast. Leighton Meast and... Um, Minka Kelly. Minka uh. Kelly. Yeah. So, and uh, it was it was pretty good. Who won? Um, Minka Kelly won. I, I, mean, I guess she won because Leighton Meast She died. was alive. So. Yeah. <laughs> Did any of her friends or close family members get killed? Yes. I think a cat went through the laundry. Oof, but they no. didn't show it. It's PG-13. They didn't show it. Uh, it was the cat and drag me to hell, Andy. Well, it probably was, right? I know a cat got killed and dragged me to hell, okay. but I've never seen it. It's like Milo and Otis situation? Or... Oh, gosh. 
Why would you bring that up? I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, yeah, okay. So, like, to get away from animal murder. Please. Uh, this was a squash match, and Britt is here to show us how awesome she is, uh, which she basically, like, her big spots in this is, are, like, an air raid crash that she does that could have been a pin, but um, she pulls this poor Julia Hart's head up before the three count, and then she puts her in her lockjaw, and that's ultimately how she wins, because um, she's Britt, you know? She's on she a is. Roll. She is. And Cheetah, as it turns Pittsburgh, out, is going to get her wish to defend the title in a full arena. Wow. Do you think she's going to defend it successfully? I do not. Oh. I think, I think Britsburg is going to take the gold home. Brit and Penguins making huge championship pushes in the month of May. <laughs> All right. How, how, are the, how are the CBJ doing? Mm. I don't know because they tend to change everybody's divisions around due to COVID. Even oh. though we're so close, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I think Pittsburgh is the cutoff to where they were like, you're either a Midwestern city or the East Coast. And they decided you're on the East Coast. <laughs> um, and CBJ is rolling with Chicago, etc. They appear to be in seventh place out of eighth place in the Central. Okay. Range. So there you go. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> yep. Whatever. <laughs> well, okay. So, yeah. Um, good for Britt. I'm really happy she's come a long way since the first time Justin was on talking about his experience at the Britsburg uh, Dynamite. Yeah. Maybe she'll rep Pittsburgh as hard as she did when they were in Pittsburgh at the pay per view. Yeah. I mean, all of her stories. I like her. I'm proud of her. She's my sister. <laughs> But then when I realize like all of her anecdotes about her dentist practice and stuff are in Florida, I'm like, well, that's not Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's so far away. Maybe maybe once Adam Cole uh, gets out of the minor leagues, they can move to a real city like Pittsburgh. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I think he's required to live in Orlando right now, though. Mm-hmm. Come back. They live equidistant between Jacksonville and uh, Tampa or whatever. Yeah. Or Orlando, excuse me. (laughs) Wow. I guess, yeah. Sorry, Britt. No, I still, she's still my friend. Okay. We'll take her back at the time. All right. (laughs) Better her than stealing McBeam. (laughs) Maybe he'll be there at the pay-per-view. She could bring him there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not just saying this to say it, but mm. what? <laughs> I feel like if you preface it like that, you are. <laughs> no, I was just thinking like once once things get back to like normal touring, I think I think there's potential. Like I, I don't know who the challenger would be right now, but I think I think you could at some point do like Brit like. Do a Pittsburgh do a Pittsburgh pay per view with like a big featured Brit title match. I think that would sell at this point. Mm. A real away game environment for Thunder Rosa. There you go, Thunder Rosa. Perfect. Yeah. Now, would it be like in WWE where all of this should equal success for Brit, but then they make her lose in her hometown in front of all <laughs> the people she loves? Now, to On be her fair, birthday. <laughs> I saw Kurt Angle win the WWF title in his hometown, and 
I know what you're going to say, and that is that he was supposed to lose, but then 9-11 happened, so. <laughs> and we needed was a true American hero. Was he hero. supposed to lose that one? I think so. I think the finish where Commissioner Regal turns on him was supposed to happen on that show, and they were like, oh, shit. Did you see 9-11 just happened? <laughs> 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 wow, He's literally okay. from Olympics. <laughs> I don't think I ever knew that. I thought it was just, uh, you know, not a happy uh coincidence but uh, <laughs> a coincidence nonetheless yeah then he celebrated okay. with his wife and family and kids in the ring it was like i thought you liked stephanie mcmahon <laughs> what were you doing <laughs> that's fair dude all right megan uh, t- tell us about uh technique by taz i was gonna say it's my <laughs> that was so good Go favorite ahead. your favorite segment of all time which we haven't really had in a while no uh t- Taz is going to break down for us uh, Christian Cage's kill switch and his frog splash. Now, Taz, some Christian might say Cage's kill switch is a tongue twister. Sorry. Yeah, Chris Creed. <laughs> you um, did it, and then I jinxed you. Sorry. No, it's okay. It was bound to happen. Uh, but Taz, I think, is a little biased here. Uh, first, he shows us the frog splash. And he points out specific, he's supposed to point out good things, I think. But what he points out is that it lacks an explosion in the quads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. Saw um, the footage. Yeah, saw the footage. <laughs> and then he, he goes to the kill switch and he says that it's an inconsistent move due to Christian's poor footwork. <laughs> <laughs> no lies detected. Well, and then he, um, he expands on that in a way that seems pretty irrelevant to what he's trying to do by breaking down moves by showing the match with Will Hobbs. And he see, he just basically is like, Powerhouse Hobbs was able to easily swat Christian's kill switch attempt away. And then they just kept showing this the, like looping video of Hobbs like literally slingshotting Christian like off of him. <laughs> it was very impressive. Justin, how have, you, how have you? I know that Christian is, uh, you know, one of your most favorite special friends, and has been for a very long time. So, how are you enjoying his uh, his run so far? Um, no irony, no joke. Just very happy for him, no matter what happens. And anybody who is like wants to make it one of the issues of the week, and kiss my butt and urethra because <laughs> he is a true sweetie pie. And he can do whatever he wants. Here, here. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I've been. It's, it's nice having him around, and I feel like he's not. It's not like they're, you know, kind of like shoving him down our throat or anything either. Mm-hmm. Well, I puked when this happened. I guess that's a different <laughs> straw man that I'm inventing. <laughs> the leg died in the wool. AEW people. I got pissed and I puked. I don't know. Like I, I see. I can understand the thought process, but it's like, listen to how much admiration people have for him on that roster. Like, it's not just bringing in uh, uh, Val Venus to go over the Impact roster. He's a precious, precious, precious guy, and we are miraculously treated to his... uh, I don't want to say make-a-wish, because he worked hard and he deserves this, so... Christian, not not like cancer kids. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wow. Rico, do whatever you want. You are great, and you made the right decision because you surely would have been, like, concertoed five times by Roman Reigns in March and April. So Jesus, yeah. No kidding. Aww. 
All right. Uh, everyone except for Taz really loves Christian. <laughs> well, he's a punk and he disrespected Taz as well as the members of Team Taz. Yeah, I guess. I guess if you're Taz, that is definitely what happened. <laughs> I think when I think when Darby, um, you know, kind of like blew off Taz's advances, I think we saw a similar technique by Taz. Uh, <laughs> hit, hit piece. Come out. Yeah. His moves are wrong. <laughs> I feel like Taz isn't here to really educate us. He's just here to be just like he a has an boy. agenda. I. <laughs> I'm hinting that way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I guess it is the AEW style to plant seeds for things like uh, Wardlow. The one or two single times he was like severely disrespected by his little boy, and then just got over it. But <laughs> um, like Brian Cage and Ricky Starks were seething, just seething at each other, and that seemed they seem to be okay for now. So hopefully they'll be friends forever because uh, I hate <laughs> to see them fall apart. I mean, yeah, I don't know who gets custody of Hook in that <laughs> instance, but his his father. Oh, uh, right, that's a good point. <laughs> or maybe Cody, his actual trainer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hook, you twelve-year-old Tom Holland look like. Um. Yeah. Well. Uh, um. I. I. The, I'm happy for them. I missed it because Ricky Stark's facial expressions were so, so good as he was like trying to be friendly, even though you could tell he was like this guy, you friggin' meathead. What a find that Ricky Starks has been. When Ricky Starks came, I was like, I mean, green is not the word, but like you're signing all these raw guys. Not uh, again, the wrong word. uh, (laughs) um, I was like, do you need Ricky Starks? Like you're, uh, he was like the opposite of Christian for me. Or it was like just many people here, and they all going the dark order. And uh, I was wrong. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. He's super fun. Yeah. All right. Well, moving right along. I'm padding the show with all this nonsense because I know there's only one match in the second hour. So if it wasn't <laughs> for this, we'd be talking for a short amount of time. Oh, Justin, <laughs> we're going at a clip compared to what we normally do here. <laughs> <laughs> so many tangents. Uh, but for now, we have an eight-man tag match between the Varsity Blondes, Jurassic Express, SCU, and the Acclaimed. These are, uh, I'm not going to get the order correct, but it's the one through four tag team contenders. I believe SCU is at the top, but I'm not sure about how the others shake out. Uh, so yeah, the winning tag team here is going to face the Young Bucks next week for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And who'd have thought SU gets the win? Kazarian gets to pin Brian Pillman Jr. And this is in no way related to the fact that if Kazarian and Daniels lose, they would have to break up. Um, I'm sure. But they've been itching to go after the Young Bucks anyway, so it's, it's good for them that they got this win. Um, I think by AEW standards, this was like a pretty good eight-man tag match. This is what they do, you know? And I maybe it was less exciting for me because I assumed SCU would win, but I thought it was good, not great. Good, not great. Yeah, like good, not not yeah. one of those standout, you know. Like 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 a like a dynamite opener tag match kind of thing. Yeah, um, oh. yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I didn't I didn't really like it that much, but uh, I don't know. It was just kind of. <laughs> 
it's kind of there. I, I, I had higher expectations for it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why, but I just I, I thought I thought it'd be better. And I didn't pay that close attention to the match, but I was shook by uh, Mr. Max's raps. Right. I'm sorry. I... Which one raps? I don't Max. know. Okay. Yeah. Good. See, I doubted myself. Um, Anthony Bones is the one who sounds like Loki for like five seconds afterwards. <laughs> Loki's going ahead and with dynamite. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, um, I know it is that a variation on the John Cena thing where it's like you say a nasty nasty thing with great surprise like your friggin Anthony Jezelneck or someone <laughs> but um I, I think I established earlier in the show that I am a lyricist and um as a lyricist sometimes you can anticipate some things before they're coming and I was like oh no this rhymes with dark side of the ring surely you won't <laughs> say that and uh he did he made a timely reference to the show about his uh one of the competitors in this match's father who died at a young age after much uh controversy well, yeah it's it's true i uh i i enjoyed the yeah like he's good and they apparently like seemingly kind of let him just talk about whatever he wants to with the rap so that's good well, if he's going to say a big swear, then his friend jumps in at that point. He did say young cucks. Yep. And then he said, he... yeah, I said it. <laughs> he said, and now the, the John Stossel thing is not timely. Although maybe was there a dark side of the ring about the time John Stossel got whacked? But um, yeah, they did a um, they did a Dr. D uh, episode last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So this was very dark side themed uh, rapping. And he rhymed Stossel with Fossil. And then, didn't he? He said, like, we're sexy kids or something. <laughs> Megan, you've watched all the Dark Side, right? The first two seasons? I watched, like, one and a half okay. seasons. I need to finish the second season. Yeah, yeah. And then start into the third, I guess. Or at I least the. I think it's only just one has aired so far. Might be was... airing. It might be airing right now, for all I know, actually. <laughs> I wasn't sure if they were going to, if the first one was like that special, like you get to watch it, everyone gets to watch it, and then they were going to start holding back because I don't think they made it to Hulu until well after the whole season aired. Right. For the last one. Yeah, you might, you might have to wait wait a while for for the third season. Damn it, Vice. Yeah. How dare you. I think, I think his line was like, he and his partner are a couple of sexy kids and they're going to make... FCU, Lefty Biz, or something like that. <laughs> Do people transcribe this stuff? I'm like, I can't watch a video while I'm doing this. Somewhere, stuff, somebody but... has to have done it. I can't believe CRZ didn't get back in the game when AEW started. <laughs> right, yeah. A lot of people were brought back to their calling. Yeah, so, yeah. See. We'd have all those raps like written out if, if, uh, <laughs> if it had happened. Get on it. Uh... Mm-hmm. The uh, so the rap was good. Apparently, the varsity blondes uh were wearing red and black to honor Brian Pillman Sr., who was insulted in that rap, Ugh. kind of. Um, which I don't know anything about, but I did find it fascinating to learn that he played football for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's my team, guys. I know Justin, you're a Pittsburgh guy, so we probably have to hate each other now, and Andy, you're a Browns guy, so I think we kind of have to hate each other too, but. Mm. It's what Brian... about AFC North and Central Pride? I, I, I only know enough to say that 
the Bengals are rivals with you guys. I don't know. Hey, you know who's trash is that Baltimore team. Yeah. Screw Baltimore. Let's all agree on that one. I think the Ravens drafted someone named Brown, and then he had to change his name. <laughs> that's that's, that's rough. A, thing that, a true thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> um, yeah, isn't it outrageous that Brian Pillman played nose tackle, which is, as far as I know about football, is the biggest man in the middle of all the big men. Was he that big? No. Okay. He was simply feisty and a liar, which really helped me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Struck me as weird did trivia. He win, like, did he win like some kind of NFL spirit award or something? Though? Um, perhaps. Scrappiest. Mr. Mr. Wood. Yeah, yeah. The most inspirational man yeah. with the worst working throat. Oh. Oh, man. All right. That was weird. Okay. <laughs> weird trivia. So after after that segment, well, the match, uh, we get a video package of the current IWGP champion, John Moxley, talking about his upcoming match against Yuji Nagata. And we see... I thought it was a cool package because we got to see clips of um, Moxley defending his belt multiple times in New Japan because the this is going to be the first match where he doesn't defend it in New Japan. And apparently he has uh, fought Juice Robinson, Lance Archer, Juice Robinson again, uh, Minoru, Minoru Suzuki, and Kenta. He's beaten all these men. And now he's brought Yuji Nagata here because apparently he's just very pissed off that Nagata called him a punk behind his back in New Japan and it got back across the seas to the United States where he took great personal offense to it. He's always respected Nagata, he said. And uh, he responded in a disproportionately like violent manner, I think. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I feel like he was like, you called me a punk and now I'm going to murder you, <laughs> sir. Stab you. Yeah, and I was like, Moxie, I love you, but um, it's quite a response to somebody calling you a punk over overseas. Um, so he's very fired up for this match, and uh, he says he's always wondered when the time will come that the legend Yuji Nagata doesn't get back up again, and uh, the implication is it'll be this match. Very Not going to help his ranking in the tag teams, that's for sure. <laughs> Or in the Here. singles, because Nagata's exact. not ranked. <laughs> Bingo. I don't even know. It's a, It's like, it's not your division, so it's not going to help anything. As someone who, uh, you know, really started learning about Japanese wrestling through The Observer 20 years ago, during Nagata's kind of, you know, run on top there after his uh, very successful excursion in WCW, uh, I've always been kind of a Nagata guy. Because I, I, I think he was just, you know, like, I just kind of gravitate to all the top guys that I read about in the newsletter uh, back then. And uh, so, I don't know. I'm just, something something feels, like, just really cool about this to me. Like, that, that it's happening at all. Yeah, I think even beyond, like, the forbidden door memes, that's just a, a cool thing. Especially with the point that he is 
like on fire in his TNT rankings, like you said. So he should be in line for a, a <laughs> TNT title shot. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like he's in revenge for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. He has the combo power. He and Gato could really make a run here, based on what they did in 1997 on Nitro. Yeah, yeah. In terms of talent evaluation, I just want to clarify. I wondered why my memory wasn't that interesting because there's lots of people with the last name Brown. So it's who cares if they get drafted and have to change their last name to Raven? Uh, no. Baltimore drafted a man named Ben Cleveland. And so he had to change his name to Ben Baltimore. Okay. I just wanted to, again, with the, the Danielson news earlier that people are going to pick apart my words. So I mean, uh, you got to do it for the love of the game. That's right. So. And that's why Christopher Columbus also would have to change his name to, uh, I guess, Chris Pittsburgh or something like that. <laughs> For the love of the game, another Sam Raimi movie like Dragon Yeah, Hell. did anybody's friends die in that movie? No, he just pitched a perfect game. Oh, that's great. And thought back about his life mm-hmm. while he was doing it. <laughs> How contemplative. Okay. Yeah. It's the least of the Costner baseball trilogy, but it's still pretty good. All right. What about Tin Cup? Tin Cup's really good. That's, wait, another, Ron, the... that's another Ron Shelton movie who directed uh, Bull Durham. And which one is he... Who's the guy who makes the planes not hit each other? That's Pushing Tin. That's right? Pushing Tin, yeah. Okay. That's John Cusack and Billy Bob Thornton. There, okay. Yeah. Wow. Have you thought about a different subject for your weekly podcast? Because <laughs> movies of no rhyme or reason that pop into our heads. <laughs> Might be something to look into as we expand the the uh, the network here. Excellent. When you have yeah. your Conrad Thompson style podcast network, yeah, <laughs> it's fancy. Christ. Anyway, what do we? So, Megan. Yep. What do we got next then? After after Nagata. Also, like, are you intrigued by this Nagata fellow? Uh, I am because he looks like an older gentleman, but there have been plenty of New Japan men who have looked old, like older legend people and they've come over and then they've done really cool stuff and I had no idea who they were. So I'm just assuming it's going to be like that. I mean, it's probably going to be a pretty cool match. I'm excited. I don't know if there's any precedent for Moxley potentially losing the belt or if it's like, obviously he's going to keep the belt, but it's kind of cool to get some new blood over here on our American televisions. I heard the theory today and I like this theory. Um, it was said as a joke, but I, I think, you know, it's a good idea that New Japan is actually, like, opening up relations more because they're uh, just stealth trying to get all their talent uh, vaccinated in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Send them over. Come on. You can go to any CVS now and just get one. Mm-hmm. Walk-ins welcome. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm hyped for it. I, I'm like... It's Moxley. It'll probably be good. It's a New Japan guy. New Japan people tend to be very good. So I'm into it. Yeah. He's uh, Satoshi Kojima approved, too. Oh, Bread Club? Well, then, yeah, let's do this. Love it. All right. And with that, let's enter the live portion of this television show. Now we get to talk to Tony and Kenny. Or Tony gets to talk to Kenny, more accurately. Um, Kenny rolls out in an all-white suit. 
He's got his AEW World Championship belt on his waist. And much to our dismay, because we discussed the many configurations of four belts last week, um, Nakazawa is holding the other three. So we don't even get to see Kenny sort of quadribelting it. <laughs> yeah, one of those two people looked really cool wearing a bunch of belts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Kenny has uh, brought his his belt man out here to show off how many belts he has while not having to wear them. And he's also here to announce who the next contender for the, the belt he is wearing, the AEW world title, who that next contender will be. And uh, it turns out, according to Tony, that next week we have a top or we have a contender's title match. So the top two contenders are going to have an eliminator match with the winner to face Kenny at double or nothing. And those top two people are Pac and Orange Cassidy. Kenny <laughs> Kenny just starts talking up Pac and says, like, you know, he's Pac has already beaten him. Uh, he made him tap out, which is pretty badass. And uh, Kenny's like, well, I've, everyone obviously wants to see a rematch between the two of us. So, Tony, why don't you just go ahead and like cut the formalities and just say, like, double or nothing is going to be Kenny versus Pac. And Orange Cassidy walks out at this point, and as Tony is going, well, no, Kenny, it's going to be Pac or Orange Cassidy, whoever wins. And Kenny ends, he looks like he's, like, amused by this, but ultimately unfazed. So he talks to Orange Cassidy directly and says, like, I get, I get it, Orange, people love you because they can be like you, but they can't be like me. And thus, you cannot be a champion because, well, <laughs> common people aren't champions. Um, he also has the line... High school kids dress up as Orange Cassidy for their sock hops, which I thought was just <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> and so... Again, no lies detected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kenny. Finger on the pulse of the youth, for sure. Uh, Kenny accuses Orange of ripping off his shade thing. And at this point, he uh, takes Orange's cool aviators off apparently this is a, a ray-ban orange cassidy exclusive and he's like you know since you stole my time i'm gonna steal these glasses and then he puts them on nakazawa who only looks cooler with shades and three belts on him kenny he completed the ensemble yeah so this is this is where we're at uh kenny leaves and orange and looks at tony and is kind of just like i guess okay with being disrespected but he's gonna have to bring it next week against pack Am I overreacting by saying that this was one of the worst segments in the history of Dynamite? Well, it was definitely one of the longest. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I feel like they've done some pretty, like, like MJF's campaign trail. I didn't like that. Mm. Those went on. <laughs> I just thought it was like Kitty just rambled and went on forever, and poor Orange had to just stand there and take this abuse and then like i mean i know that his whole thing is that he's like you know he doesn't care about things but like he took his sunglasses that's usually the point in the orange yeah (laughs) reaction when he's like okay well even though i wasn't doing anything now i'm gonna do something yeah i mean i guess they did not smash the sunglasses maybe that's (laughs) the the key activator i oh when he pulled those off and he's like, these are Ray-Ban Orange Cassidy exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like my heart palpitated. I'm like, please don't break those. <laughs> like those are so expensive. Please don't break those beautiful sunglasses. 
Um, so I'm glad they didn't. But you're right. Right. Ultimately, like, why was Orange out there at all? He didn't do anything. Yeah. I was as nervous about the sunglasses as I was when they were fighting in the uh, concrete concourse. It's like, <laughs> just, it's not worth it for the biz. <laughs> But yeah, uh, other times, I mean, I feel like multiple times in my memory that Penelope Ford was like, I'm going to do your thing to you, Orange Cassidy, and that's fine. He can turn the other cheek when she does it. But when to to lose your own personalized sunglasses and and just be, but maybe he'll next week, he'll have been standing there the whole time and then he'll take them back. (laughs) He's not moved. From that spot. Yep. I, I guess I didn't I didn't dwell on it as much as you did, Andy. Mostly I was thinking like I tried to mind meld with Tony Khan and was like, is that a for sure sign that Orange Cassidy is going to win? Or do you devote that much TV time to heat up a match to make people think and then actually not do it? Yeah, I can't really get inside his head on that either. I, I he's not as he's not quite as predictable as like Vince's yet, I'm sure it'll. I'm sure the day will come, but um, but uh, I, I think I still think it could go either way. One way or another, they have come a long way now to where they're going to make their title match have either the WWE Cruiserweight Champion or a completely original guy. Yeah, yeah. I guess would that be would that be like the first. I guess it depends on. I guess MJF is like a kind of a homemade guy. As far right. As so I think like Page and MJF were sort of taken care of from the beginning, whereas Orange Cassidy right. started this. And uh, if you do the match, is it just an even better version of the match he did with Pac on the pay per view forever ago uh, before the world went to the end? Um, but I get like since then, Orange Cassidy does try harder to fight. Yeah, so you wouldn't have the same kind of match, right? Yeah, so I I assume that the match he has with Pack next week will be different than that match as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. It should be good. Me too. It's all very interesting. Yeah. Yep. Excited. Now, Andy, who do you think will win, Megan? Uh, I guess part of me doesn't think it matters because I don't think either of them will win against Kenny, but... Wow, that's just the motivation they need. (laughs) If you listen, guys, I'm sorry. I know uh, that the only way the storyline makes sense if it ends is if Adam Page beats him, and I know that if Brian Danielson comes in, he should wrestle Kenny Omega, but that those reasons make you think that Orange Cassidy won't win the AEW title? (laughs) After no build? just those reasons, no. (laughs) Uh... I I think I'm going to go with Pac, ultimately. Like, I think Orange and Pac will have a good match, but uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just going with Pac, I'm just going to say. Okay. And I don't think either of them would beat Kenny, so it doesn't really matter, but we'll see. Fair enough. I'll tell you what, though. I do have a pretty good feeling about one match next week, and that is Miro taking the TV title. TNT now, title. You got a really long rambly segment. You want a quick to the point segment? <laughs> Miro's here for you, my friend. These, these these Miro quick hit like angry man promos have been so great. 
And so, I don't, like, just what he needed. Yeah, I don't think he mints his words ever, so this is totally his his jam here. But um, Tony's like, hey, Miro's here to make an announcement. Miro comes out. He has paper with him. He says, Tony, check out this signed contract. It's for Darby Allen next week. I'm going to fight him for that TNT championship. And Tony starts reading the contract. What? The man who just fell to his doom? <laughs> yeah, Darby's That's in a, a bad terrible place. Break. Darby's in a bad place, Justin. He's going to have to fight through the pain, I guess. Um, to that end, Tony points out that there's a there's a clause that if Darby doesn't show up, he forfeits. And Mira's like, no, that's not how this will go. Don't want that. Uh, I don't know why he signed it with that clause, but Mira's like, <laughs> no, we're going to fight. <laughs> it's going to happen. And then he says a really cool like exit phrase. He's just like, we're going to see what happens when the man who doesn't mind dying meets the man who doesn't mind killing him. And then he drops a mic and he leaves. What a cool thing to say. <laughs> it's like, I feel like maybe like Arnold said that in Red Heat or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It should be said with an Austrian accent for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this ruled. I mean, this got me real hyped up for next week. Yeah. Let Miro tear through people. What a, like, what a friggin' lineup they have. Like, I feel like next week's even more stacked than this week was. Yeah, well... Three next, title matches? Next week, you didn't, you're didn't. you not going to have a 45-minute main event. No, but three title matches and, uh, you, know, you know, some other stuff, I'm sure, that I'm forgetting now. <laughs> but, uh, but, you it know, is, those three title matches are pretty cool. It's the important cultural holiday of Cinco de Doce. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where to land on the Jenny Million meter. Because it won't have the drawbacks of the president or the big party <laughs> time. Who's going to go on on Wednesday, though? Come on. Again, there's yeah. work in the morning. <laughs> Got to go to yeah. bed at 10. But, um, right. I, now, next week, that's the true test. So that we can have the conversation again where we say the real number <laughs> is the week after this. And then the week after <laughs> that. Because then there's basketball. And that's not the real number. And then <laughs> you have to understand that Dynamite going to have taken a bite out of it by Loki. People who love, uh, I mean, the MCU is basically booked like a wrestling promotion. And Kevin Feige should be promoter of the year. He makes new stars. He sets up angles. And, uh, you know, so same fan bases. Not combat sports, Loki. Um, you're joking, but you're making some valid points. I guess, yeah, I'm just saying it in this <laughs> voice, but again, no lies detected. <laughs> We're going to have to see how Loki affects the ratings. Can I ask you and a model question, okay. Justin? Um, so I'm like, I've been, you know, I've been talking to you. I've been, I've been getting through my, my Batman history here mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm hopefully going to start winding down in the next couple months and, I would like to switch over to Marvel Unlimited, and I, I've not read a bunch, a lot of Marvel comics in my life. I've read some, but like, what do you think a good starting point is? Hmm. I guess it depends. Like, do you have nostalgia from reading it in the late '80s or early '90s, or are you coming to it fresh? I'm coming to it pretty fresh. Like the only. The only comic I've really read a lot of of Marvel was Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, then it seems like maybe the modern stuff where it's like 
less corny might be but you would know from going through the whole batman thing like how much how much patience you have for the silver age i think Uh, i've I've, I've shared with you uh screen captures of robin panels i believe mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and i i I don't know anything about the history of dc like i know when marvel like went to hell in the 90s it wasn't necessarily as bad for dc then so i think of the 90s as just like that doesn't count um (laughs) To me, like that, every all the real stories ended in 1991. So I would say read stuff from the 80s, but then all the famous stuff that a lot of the movies come from come from the decade of the 2000s. So I'll think about it more. Okay. Because uh, we, I don't want to think extemporaneously about this on your podcast, but I'll write something for you. I'll give you oh, a detailed list. Thank you. And then you. you can read it on the show for people who want to know what I think. I will. So we'll see. Thank you. I appreciate like, that. Do you like Spider-Man's? Do you like X-Man's? And then from there I'll decide. Okay. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. You have 15 Robin titles to get through, though. <laughs> sure as fuck do. Hey, I'm I started reading Birds of Prey and Nightwing's about to show up in the next one. So thought of sure. you. Yeah. So many birds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we got blood and guts. We have arrived, people. We have arrived. Uh, we've already pretty much talked about, like, ultimately what happens. So uh, I think, like, I don't even know how to summarize this. It's a 45-minute match. Um, <laughs> well, but- I mean, I, let's let's talk about the kind of, like, the pomp and circumstance. Because, like, you had, you had very defined... Like, I, I'm always excited when people are like, this is a big match. Let's change our gear. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like, <laughs> and the pinnacle all came out in one gear. And you Which knew I was like, Oh going. no. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've watched wrestling long enough to know what that means. Um, and then the inner circle, it was kind of cheesy, but I really liked that they all wore prison jumpsuits with like the actual, like, I guess prisons of their hometown. Like their saw, local saw, lockups. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I think I saw Rikers on the back of Santana and Ortiz's. So, that's, Look, that's we, everybody enough. got affinity yeah. for their hometown prison. Yeah. Um, What's yours? Right... Which prison do you guys rep? That's oh. big. I guess Rikers... I do the, the Allegheny County Jail. I, I do the, the Shawshank Redemption Prison. Wow. You yeah. get Shawshank? Yeah, that's, that's close to Columbus, where they filmed that. That's so lucky. I know. Famous. Uh, I think I just get like a sense Andy Dufresne. <laughs> Rikers have the local cool. lockup, Megan. Yeah, like I, there's like, I'm assuming it's Cincinnati prison. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I, you know, fingers crossed, won't end up there. <laughs> um, never looked into it. If there is a crime of upsetting people in high school through oh, no. <laughs> faux pas. Please don't send me to high school crimes prison. I bet that, like the the nastiest section of that jail is called the Cincinnati Zoo. Don't let them put you in the Cincinnati Zoo <laughs> with the rest of the damn animals. Oh my god. Okay. That actually sounds kind of cool. Uh, that that makes me feel like it would be cool, but not <laughs> from the outside, from the inside, probably real bad. Uh, just like that sounds cool though. But yeah, they all uh, they all had prison gear on. Um, Jericho said Smoky Mountain Penitentiary. I didn't know where Jericho was claiming to be from. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that's some kind of shot at Jim Cornette. 
Oh man, I didn't put that together. I was too busy being like, where are those jails? Yeah. <laughs> Why did one just say the cool jail from Johnny Cash? Yeah. I was um, like, oh, the Folsom County mm-hmm. Prison. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I I was weirdly transfixed by Jake Hager's because I was just thinking of I'd never in my life considered uh, like prisons in Oklahoma, and I, you know, I assume mm-hmm. that there must be them. But yeah, it's where they I put just, Timothy thought, McVeigh. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, but I I guess I've just thought so little about Oklahoma in my entire life that <laughs> I certainly never thought about like the the penal system there. You and everybody who doesn't live in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Boomer sooner. <laughs> um, so this is, um, I just want to say. Question though. Yeah. While we're on wardrobe. Yeah. Wardlow. <laughs> While we're on wardlow. Uh, wardlow, wardrobe. <laughs> Wardlow's white wardrobe. Um, <laughs> this is like, I want to say hair and makeup is part of wardrobe. So like, mm-hmm. did Jake Hager <laughs> literally scrape the letters I see into the side of his head before this match happened because it was bleeding What fresh. was that? It was Thank horrifying. You. That's why I'm doing your show, is so you can get to the bottom of this for me. Thank you. I'm glad, because, like, I saw when they sort of, it was very not clear at first because they panned past him fast. He also, on the other head, side, had, like, three flashes in his head. And I'm like, this, this bitch is bleeding on his walkout. Why would you do that to your head? Somebody help me. You want it to conserve blood. It didn't occur to me that it might be blood. That's that's pretty what cool, actually. What did you actually. think it was? Yeah, I, what, thought, was I thought it was then? paint. I guess. It was the only paint I saw, though. Yeah. No, that was... He, like, scratched into his head. It was running. Oh. It was running like That's blood. why I was confused. I was. I went through both of your experiences. I was like, I guess that's paint or lipstick or something. That's some because, psycho shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. Google it. It's real gross. I think it's blood because... Google me. God, shut up, David Otunga. <laughs> <laughs> he and the president are in the same club. Ooh, that can't be good. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, which president? The old the one president? or the new one? Uh, Obama, Harvard Law School. Now, he does say it in a much cooler oh. way, but I don't think it's good anymore to... Do impressions of different ethnicities, but picture him saying <laughs> how he would say that they are in the same club, and it was very cool. Alright. It's fun to like just say the name Sasha and Malia in an Obama voice though. Uh look, that's my overcome impression. <laughs> uh yeah, that's different, I think. Like, I, I think, think you're, you're allowed do... to do an Obama impression. Right. The uh, Obama uh, impression. Uh, a lot of folks <laughs> think that you should be doing it. <laughs> is being the president, and uh, it's one of the things that to to be. Yeah, I would love to be Obama. If I start, I won't be able to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Do the rest. And of the other podcast. person, yeah, as Obama. Now, Keith Lee has a very unique way of talking. And I don't think it's an ethnic impression because it's just like Keith Lee talks in an interesting, idiosyncratic way. Hey, former War Games uh, competitor Keith Lee. Whoa, that's right. Yeah. Now, that's what I was actually trying to, uh, I was thinking about is that, you know, we've had these NXT War Games over the past few years, and that's been cool. I, I've, I've liked most of those, but I, it's, it's all, it, it, 
it's a very different thing that they were trying to do here because the way WWE is set up, you're just, um, oh, pardon me. Let me clear my throat real quick. We've been going a good long while. That's why you shouldn't have carved those letters into your head. You're I'm trying to find a picture of them, but it's hard <laughs> to like narrow down that Google search. <laughs> no, but um, the thing that I was I was thinking about is that those War Games matches in WWE and NXT have been really fun, like good high spot matches the past few years, especially since they took the top off the cage so people can do flippy doos off of them. <laughs> but this was just like this this reminded me of I mean I guess it's obviously what they were going for. This was like old war games matches. This was like blood and hatred and intensity and violence and um it was a very different kind of thing that we haven't seen in a really long time. It was the first time it was yeah, people were actually doing a war games fight. Um I guess by the end of it they were like, Well, but now you do tear up the ring and you do bring in like plunder. But for the most part, yeah, they were like guys hitting each other very hard and making each other bleed, being mad at each other and uh, being down by one guy and then evening the odds repeatedly. Yeah, I think I, I believe it was a, a one Vincent Verhey who uh, once described War Games as just being a War Games done right is just a series of run ins. And I I really liked that part of the match. But once we got to uh, the match beyond or. <laughs> They they had some term for it, mm-hmm. the all out assault I believe was the uh, right. our match beyond portion. I I just thought it I, I don't know like I think it it lost something. Maybe it was the tearing up the ring and and all the all that stuff. But but the you know but but all the entrances I thought were, were really good and intense. Except um, for us in the United States, unlike you, Megan, um, me ducks. Yeah, <laughs> we missed. We missed what? We missed. We missed Wardlow's entrance, right? Oh yeah, that was the entrance weird. and the whole showdown, right? Yeah, yeah. Like in like, and we. I was watching it very small, and I thought like this seems yeah. important. Yeah, me too. Like for once, I was actually because usually I just fast forward through those, um, the picture picture because I have I have I find myself having a lot of trouble paying attention to them anyway. Um, so if I'm not watching live, I just, I just fast forward, but I, I watched them last night because I was really into the match, but so we missed that. And I had no idea that Tully Blanchard had gotten the key. <laughs> that was during a picture in picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But actually, oh. I think that might've been, that might've been during the, was that during a full break? Him, wait, him getting the key. And Jericho climbing it were both picture in picture, I think. Oh, that's right, because Jericho was kind of hamming it up in a weird uh-huh. way. I'm like, what's he doing? And I it felt was like, like he was he was waiting to climb up when they came back to full picture, or he was tired. Those were two guesses. It might have been like, wow. both, but well timed to be corresponding. Mm-hmm. It's like he is so full of vodka that he is not going to be able to <laughs> climb up this cage that he made it. <laughs> So I guess, but, I guess, yeah, this... they came. I know. Um, sorry to talk over you. They, no, 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 they, no. You're, you're doing this match on TV, so you know it's going to happen. But surely you have the foresight to like not do your pictures in picture on critical spots. Yeah, there so were moments I... of this match where people were mostly just clubbering each other. Totally, I was like shocked by like the, the you know the the, uh, the 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 commercials are so poorly timed. I think that. Like I under I understood obviously going in like yeah we're gonna have to have some commercial breaks but 
I think if they revisit this match, maybe a couple years down the line, I hope that they do it on pay-per-view next time. Just to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although both years in a row, they had the big ideas at the peak of their TV thing. So who knows? Yeah. Um, Did it make you wonder what a Inner Circle versus Elite and Matt Hardy um, Blood and Guts would have been like? I guess it would have been fairly similar. Maybe more jumps. Yeah, probably. Although we had we had a fair amount of jumps in the early stages of this one. Sammy um, went off, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah. Sammy, you're going off." Then he felt like one time. <laughs> I, I was, was like, "Oh no!" Sammy hit the ground hard that one time. When oh, he... we ate shit on the flipping whatever it was he was trying to do. Yeah, and I couldn't tell if it was on purpose or not because I thought it was like, "Oh, that's a botch." But then when he got up, his head was bleeding, and I'm like, "Oh, was that so that he could?" Do whatever you need to do to to get that blood flowing. Well, hate it. Yeah, he swallowed an aspirin on his way on the ground. <laughs> I thought this, um, I, I did think that spot where he and um, Spears both leapt to the top ropes, and then he gave him the Spanish fly off his side of the ring to the. I, I thought that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to call that out because. Like I'd never, you know, never seen anything like that before. And then he did the um, the the springboard cutter after he jumped from he springboarded on one set of ropes, then the other, and then and then hit the cutter. I thought that was dope too. He must have felt so confident then. On the I know. Big ambitious one was like, oh, baby boy, no. Yeah. yeah. That's but, yeah, Megan. I think you're you're trying to like figure out his facial expression of a man who is simultaneously hurt and selling it like. Oh, I'm hurt in a wrestling match. That was a thing that was supposed to happen normally, and like embarrassed at this all three at once. Yeah. Well, he wasn't alone. I mean, gosh, it sounds like. Un- yeah, his friends were right there, or at least one of them. Be like, "We are brothers. That's okay. We will continue to fight in this match." Well, um, I mean, I don't want to sound negative because I did end up enjoying this more than I thought. But like, Warthow and Hager botched something too, where mm-hmm. like. Hager dived head first and Wardlow was just like catch him and Hager just like kind of hit the ropes and, and Wardlow was like hold on hold on <laughs> you're heavy sir Um, but they, they recovered I'm just saying like this wasn't a botch free match by any means but for 45 minutes you wouldn't expect it to be 100% perfect so I just worried Sammy um slammed his head into the ground and then concussed himself and then yep. people immediately picked him up and started fake hitting him and I'm like ooh <laughs> sir could have a head, in, head injury right there. It's been a long time since I've seen like an old War Games match, but did the match beyond portions... I, in my memory, they usually were pretty short. Yeah, like I don't is, remember enough to that, say for sure, but it okay. seems like they would all get in there. And that's, it seemed... I looked at the time and it was way too soon, but Inner Circle was rolling. And I was like, you're going to win. If you don't win right now, <laughs> you've really blown it. <laughs> that was the World Love, like World, World Love's last stand. Um... Yeah, and I was like, "There, you got them where you want them. Like, it'd be a major strategic failure if you did not win this match." I guess Tully turned the tide, though. Yeah, I thought I thought everybody kind of like I thought everybody got a chance to really shine, which is I think is what you want out of this match ultimately. Like, because you know, not just in their like, you know, hot tag period, uh, so to speak, but you know, like, like Sammy. I don't know. I, I I thought that Sammy may have come out of this better than anyone. 
Yeah, especially for the guy who I learned on your show hadn't wrestled since February. Right? Yeah, that's crazy. He's saving it. He's like, I'm going to jump off all those sets of ropes. See, he wouldn't have been able to do that if he had been impacting it up for the last couple months. Mm-hmm. He'd been confused. I mean, it's <laughs> six side ring. I, don't, I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, right. Like, ideally, the the sanctity of War Games before all the NWO bullshit finishes is that it would have ended like when Inner Circle was standing tall and being like, "That's what you get. That's what you get for trying to do a big beat up on us. We lock you in a cage and throttle you." Mm-hmm. But um. I think everybody knew because this was the first match in the feud that some shenanigans were going to happen. Yeah, totally. Not to get ahead of us. No, but let's um, I mean, let's get there. Like, you want to move on to the shenanigans? I wasn't yeah. sure if we wanted. There's quite a bit of moves. I can't think of anything more. You mentioned the Wardlow's last stand, which I thought was fun. I was like, "Go, Wardman, go!" But he couldn't. They pulled his hair, and fork, I was like, right? "Oh, that was gross." Yep, but. Very much up like you two who watch wrestling in the Attitude Era <laughs> gross times. <laughs> I wouldn't use a fork though. That's not enough. It's like too much and not enough at once. If you're gonna do it, do a bit. Well, An- when Andy was a worker, his name was the Toledo Blade because he would gig himself every weekend. <laughs> Did you? Are, are, is that is that the real reason that you're off uh, video? Because you the gusher you hit uh, was just too severe. Yeah, I took my. You don't want to gross us out. I I know that red makes green makes yellow on this show, <laughs> um, and I'm doing it for the biz. Yeah, it's a good one. It's going in my eyes, um, but thankfully it's in. I really just have to listen and uh, uh, talk. So, um, getting excellent. And then it's like took my aspirin, and I'm doing that thing where you clench your jaw and like push out your temples because apparently that lets you. You can see every heartbeat of blood come out of my forehead. <laughs> what a normal thing. See, you you make that comment, but uh, listening to Jerry Lynn talk about it on, what was it, a couple weeks ago, the Unrestricted podcast he did, he basically went over, like, hot tips for getting your best <laughs> blood face and also how to not wipe the blood off on accident because you don't want to waste it. And I was like, this is the worst advice I've ever is heard. Is there more to it than the two things? I know there's three things I know, like literally from just listening. It's like cut diagonally and not straight, right? <laughs> or maybe that's just to avoid scarring. I forget. And then take your aspirin to thin your blood and then clench your jaw. Like you said, yeah, do the, the clench. Um, also, don't don't put your head on the mat because you don't want to wipe that off. You, you don't want to waste that crimson. Oh, you don't which... want a staph infection in your forehead. <laughs> That was not the main concern when he told it. The main concern was like, you don't want to, you got all that blood going. You don't want to, you don't want to wipe that off. Why would you waste that money? Is this like advice that he gave Britt Baker or did he just talk about, oh, okay. Well, it worked. Yep. (laughs) Yes. I mean, they were talking about in the context of him giving advice to Britt, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was how to bleed 101 and I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I'm of two minds because I, um, it's such a weird thing that people cut themselves with razor blades and bleed their real blood over each other in this fake thing with crash pads and stuff. And yet I watched it and I was like, blood is so cool. They're mad and they're fighting and it's yeah. cool. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, okay. Here's the thing that annoyed me with this uh, match. It's so nitpicky. But like one of the first people to bleed was uh, Dax or in your parlance, bald beard. FTR beard bald. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, he started bleeding because Sammy tossed him over into the second ring, and then mm-hmm. whoever was next up came in. Sean Spears came in, and Dax had been blood-free up to that point, <laughs> and apparently tossing him over the rope so that he rolled off in the distance where we couldn't see caused him to just <laughs> come up with, like, a crimson mask. And I'm like, sir... What were you doing over there? You surely were not injured. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why were you hiding down there? Like, I don't like when it's like that. <laughs> it's so obvious that that you just did that to yourself. At least try to act like you're injured. It is At a match Cody where is. um you throw people in the cage or you throw people into the ring post and sometimes you just bonk them and bonk them and bonk them. And sometimes you throw them exactly the right way that it splits their forehead open. Yeah. I didn't buy his. I hit the mat and my <laughs> head exploded. <laughs> yeah, like, you have to cut him some slack though, because it is his aspiration in life to single white male or an Anderson. So he was like, "It's the '80s. <laughs> I'm here. I've time traveled back into war games. I will immediately bleed. <laughs> I've lived my whole life for this moment." <laughs> All right. Well, I'll trust. I'll trust that assessment. That was just. That was my first. Like, damn it. What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. It was. I mean, for guys like FTR, you gotta you gotta think it is. It's it's it is like a four horseman fantasy camp kind of experience to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to get I mean, to do something like this. I they're hanging out with Tully. Yeah, I am in war games as the jerk faction, and yeah. I'm going to bleed. I'm going to show a little bit of my butt, and this is everything I've looked for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Yeah. My okay. Arn Anderson cosplay is win best costume. <laughs> I mean, talk to his son. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, with that complaint out of the way, we'll get to uh, kind of the the end sequence here. Um, Jericho and MJF get out, as we've mentioned. Tully stole a key from Bryce. He overpowered Bryce Rumsberg. Come on, Bryce. <laughs> as a referee to large men, you you let this old man beat you up. Um <laughs> So there's referee yeah. strength where you can shove a, a wrestler on his butt, but like you have to be shoved for, first, and then it creates like a chain reaction of shoves. Okay, yeah, you're right. I guess Tully was just like out of nowhere, old man. Like, hey, because yeah. like because <laughs> ideally you have to like be shoved into the ropes, which creates momentum Correct. for you to shove back, right? Okay, it's a, yeah, it's a pendulum effect. Yeah. So without that boinginess, he was stuck. <laughs> Tully upset. It may have just been that like. Seinfeld thing with the who were those like the Mandel bombs or whatever. We were like, is this old guy gonna beat me up? And it's like, okay, I guess I am beaten up. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, regardless, he should have gigged though. Tully. Color from the ref. Oh, that's blood and guts, baby. Ew, God, ew. I still would have believed it more than Dax. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, MJF. Tully lets MJF out, and his first instinct, for no apparent reason, is to go onto the Let's top see. of the cage. There's my car, but uh... <laughs> it's an open air arena. You can literally <laughs> escape by running that way. Instead, he climbs up to the top of the cage. He lays down. I get it. You need a nap. You're bleeding. Been through a lot. Well, he's up there, and they're down there. Like, there's no way anyone else can get to him unless they do exactly the same thing he did. Exactly. And who should follow him up but Jericho himself? And uh, no shade to Jericho, but you're you're like a 40-something. 50? 40-something? 
That's you're extremely an... late for me. Yep. <laughs> you're a f- yeah, you're a that age old man. And uh, that's a high thing to climb. So part of me understood his hesitation. But then when he started mugging at the camera, I'm like, can we just, what are we doing here? Climb up, sir. Um, But he gets up there eventually. And MJF is shocked that anyone would follow him up there. And there was a moment where I really thought these two were going to, like, Mick Foley style go, um, like, not Mick Foley, Undertaker? One of them. They go through the cage instead of off the cage. And uh, because all the people in the cage migrated to like the one uh, thing uh-huh. and i'm like i think wardlow was the only one left over i'm like get out of there you're gonna get crushed uh but that is not what happened instead these two boys fought on the top of the cage for a little bit uh jericho put mjf in the walls of jericho mjf punched him in the balls to escape <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was a novel uh, counter for the walls of jericho <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean in most cases illegal in True, this match right, allowed right. So, yeah, he uh, he punched him, and then he put him into the salt of the earth. Couldn't get him to tap, even biting his arm. Uh, and then, you know, he went to his old favorite move. He got his diamond dynamite or dynamite diamond ring out, put it on. Where was it? Was it in his pants the whole time? It's always it in his, his boot? pants. It's okay. always in his pants. Or Wardlow has it. But uh, Wardlow yeah. was too far away to hand it to him. So mm-hmm. he puts what if it on. you're taking bumps on that ring in a Toyo Rorifra? You guys know all the secrets of like how the wrestlers do <laughs> I the thought I did. trunks and the things and things that come out of the trunks. I don't question it. I just am glad I'm not on the receiving end of that ring because <laughs> who knows what it's touched down there, uh-huh. where it's gotten stuck. It really smells like penis. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So Jericho got that ring right in the face. I mean, I guess if mm-hmm. that's what we're setting it up for. Um, <laughs> disgusting. So at this point, Jericho's down for the count. MJF drags him over to the side of the top of the cage here. And the announced team goes crazy because they're like, that's a concrete floor down there. He's going to toss him off the edge <laughs> onto. And I was like, oh, that would suck, wouldn't it? Um not really seeing what the setup was. I just assumed they meant the floor. Nothing uh, could possibly contradict what we're telling you right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just straight concrete. And so at this point, MJF is like, all right, I know how to use this to my advantage. He yells down to the men in the cage, the inner circle men, and he says, you got to surrender or I'm going to toss this man over to his death. And Sammy and I think Kager are visible. Like, everybody freaks out like this is no. the end <laughs> Yeah. Sammy starts doing one of the, like, I guess that's football. I don't know. The hand motion of, like, stop, time out. Like, we give. And so. Um, that's crazy, bro. No. Yeah. Don't kill our leader. So the match is declared over because technically the inner circle has surrendered. And. Um, Sam Navarro, I think, formally quit. Yeah, which won't come back to bite him at all, I'm sure. Uh, but MJF, being the evil character that he is, kind of is like, ha ha ha, idiots, and then he tosses Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> so Jericho plummets to his death when he hits the concrete floor. Oh wait, no, 
it's very obviously a crash pad covered by cardboard. And I'm not saying I wanted Jericho to die, but I am saying visually. No, that's exactly what you're saying. Visually, could we have done anything else? I, I don't know. <laughs> am I being overly? You either picky? no. This is there are two sides of this. You either like the spot or you wanted him to actually die. Damn it. There's no no room for nuance or subtlety in between there. Oh, so so just because you think it's weird that Shaquille O'Neal disappeared, you wanted to have him, him to have an actual injury that merited being in an ambulance? <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. Don't judge me. Don't barf at my opinions. So this has been this has been the exhausting discourse of the last twenty four hours. Uh, oh, I didn't realize beat. that. I'm Elite sorry. Beat. Debate of the week. Yeah. Ugh, it's so stupid. It's just like, I mean, I, I feel like uh, I've seen a lot of people say this, and it's it's totally right. It's just, you know, nobody wants, nobody is saying, <laughs> nobody has said that Chris Jericho should have taken a bump onto the, onto the ramp. I think what people are saying is that, and I'll just state it here for the record, is that if you couldn't make it look good, think of another spot. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so I wasn't unfair to <laughs> no. that were okay. Thank real you. dumb. Okay, Either yeah. do some kind of like over the line torturous thing that's not like murder most foul, or don't shoot a close up of it. Like yeah. look at the angles of how things look, and we can see like whoa he fell. Whoa, Justin, did that's you see so the? Far. Did you see the side camera view from like that's pulled out a little bit further? Yeah, look just like, oh no, he fell very far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He went funk. I I know they wanted the close up, but uh, you know, it was not it was not worth it. <laughs> you can see the texture of the ground of a man laying in a city. <laughs> Honestly, pretty fun. Would you guys do that or are you too scared of falling? No, I think that looks cool. I mean I'd yeah. be scared, but overall it looked like he kind of fell onto a bed of pillows. Uh-huh. Wee. This Much was, like this was when... kind of like the Chris Canyon one, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, that one, I think that one was a little more impressive looking. I think Canyon did a somersault or like did a flip and land on his back. Yeah. Similarly, but, uh... caved in, caved in a fake spot on a, on a ramp though, right? Right. Yeah. And I don't know how big that cage was relative to this one, because I think it was the triple decker. But oh, this man, cage that's was right. also very tall. It was the ready-to-rumble cage, you're right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that was different, because they did it uh, exactly one year from Owen Hart's death in the same arena. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's weird. That was a good idea that you couldn't pass up. Yeah. Well, that'll be a part of the eventual Chris Canyon Dark Side of the Ring episode, right? <laughs> Last Eric um, Bischoff, what was up right. with that? <laughs> um, God. But Jericho himself, yes. Like, this is going to be something he passive-aggressively talks about on his shows, be like. I mean, people just, they don't make, like, am well, I supposed to fall on concrete? No. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I would have died. I would have smacked my head on concrete and died. Like, no. Well, obviously, I should have fallen on a big... <laughs> bouncy ball pit like to get over the gravity of the most heinous act of all time this was to me this was worse than the uh than Mm -hmm. the end of kenny versus mox because presumably they thought they had something good there yep 
and it just didn't go right. Like this was like they had to know that this didn't it didn't look like that real all steel. All the individual cardboard pieces would be like <laughs> like puzzle pieces would fly yeah. up when a grown man hit them. Yeah. Cardboard that was a steel cover. It looked they just were like painted. steel to look like the steel steps and i thought that was an extra like salt in the wound thing of like <laughs> are you kidding me uh-huh the Covers. prop department did work on this very hard i'm sorry but... <laughs> look those kids worked so hard to get that ready in time for the spring play <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it looked very realistic as long uh-huh. as no one falls on it and moves them all yes this was like an ed wood set piece god yeah. one shot got it yeah <laughs> Perfect print. I mean, okay, so my thought, though, would be, like, couldn't you do one of those things where it's, like, a fake floor, so he has to fall into something, so you don't Mm -hmm. immediately see everything just pile around him? Like, put as much padding as you want, but make it so he goes off screen, just, like, falls through something. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would have worked. That's an extremely good idea. (laughs) We have to send you back in time to see. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I could I could laugh about that forever, and I I don't know like the well people I think we're more sympathetic of the explosion thing because you're dealing with like variables and unpredictable stuff, and maybe it looked different in person than on camera. Whereas this, it's like it's it's a guy falling into a bed of pillows, and as Andy said, like yeah, there was a very good dramatic shot of him falling where it was like wow, that looks like it was bad, but then he just. You you control what goes on TV and the camera shots you choose. So like, treat it as a emergency. Being like, we can't shoot it. Oh no, a man fell and plummeted. Yeah. I really liked it narratively, where mm-hmm. you know where MJF was really mean and Sammy was just very concerned about his friend and got screwed over, you know, by his uh, by his niceness and. Uh, that was the other, like, yeah. as with the explosion, like, Eddie turning babyface to save his friend from blowing oh, yeah. up was s- such a good idea, and um, it felt so bad for the people there trying to have to just make the best of it. Yeah, no, yeah, seriously. And in terms of blood and visuals and blood being cool, MJF's facial expressions covered in blood being the meanest man were extremely good. Yeah. He's great. I'm I'm really happy with him. And luckily for everyone involved, like the, you know, this will be over in a few mm-hmm. days, and we'll be on to the. Can you believe they're gonna let this <laughs> orange lazy guy main event a pay per view? Oh my god, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Because the, for one, the, they have a lot of goodwill built up, and for two, like, uh, well, go back to the thing. Do you want to just splatter on concrete? No. So I think <laughs> there's just gonna be a collective mass forgetting about this for everybody, but the uh, obsessive weirdos. Um, and it'll move on to the, the next great debate. But because uh, the, the explosion thing was a genuine, like it's going to go down as an all time funny thing. But it, uh, in real time, I feel like everything is more than moved on past that. Yeah, me too. I, I do wonder if, if that has any long-term ramifications on, you know, pay-per-view buys for when they're trying to do those kinds of attraction matches. Right. Just because people are like, get gun shy. But like you said, Goodwill, which I think this company has a lot of, will probably overcome most of that. Mm -hmm. So, 
but in terms of just like where are they going then i didn't know like this is a this is a setback guys for the inner circle so i didn't know it's weird to i guess you could go jericho and jf but they is everybody else going to pair off into matches or i know that their pay-per-views don't necessarily fit everyone on every show in every combination um and it would be weird to do spring stampede where you go from the most violent match to the kind of funny match in a big wide open space did i say spring stampede again wow you did yeah it's on the brain (laughs) you know they could they could do like like a special like theme dynamite they love to do that's just like inner circle versus Mm -hmm. uh pinnacle and just have like this, the matches kind of staggered throughout the night. Where and the you, best you just build, of, I guess it would be best. Yeah, of four, but. yeah, yeah. You just mm-hmm. like build the whole thing around that feud for one up. I bet that that would probably work. I think you have achieved a Tony Khan mind meld. Maybe. Yeah. Do you crave a white claw? I kinda. It's a little. It's a little chilly still. For we're not really into white claw season yet. Tony Khan is connecting to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so that was the show. I liked it. I thought it was good. I, I really, it was, it was nice to see a War Games match um, that was like, you know, like like an old War Games match. Um, I thought that cage looked cool as hell, and it was cool to see two rings next to each other. And I know NXT does that every year too, so it's it's cool when they do it too. Um, I want to be fair because I like NXT, but uh, it was nice to have like the. Like the kind of the, the ultra violence, which I guess is just fine on TNT now. <laughs> like you said, second hour, butts out, blood's out, man. Yeah. <laughs> Girls are scared of the violence, or maybe they're not, or maybe we shouldn't draw like far reaching sh- conclusions of entire sociological groups based on a few tiny numbers over a small <laughs> period of time. Nah. What if their attempt to bring back the female audience was like, here's some butt? <laughs> and then it was Dax's butt. Sorry, Dax, but in this match alone, I think I would have ranked a couple boys' butts higher than yours, and I didn't even see them. Wordless butt ten is butts. definitely higher than uh, than Dax's. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Rank those butts. Let me say without thinking. Sammy Wardlow. Um, who else is a guy? I mean, Swagger seems <laughs> strong. Um. Who else is a guy? I don't want to distinguish between Pride or Powerful's butts, um, but they would be next. Uh, Spears, his wife or whatever is a fit lady. She would have to want make that sure that butt. his butt. Yep, yep. Um, who's left? Oh, MJF would probably be in the next tier, uh, but I couldn't say for sure. Um. Do you go I mean, Tully Jer- before? Do you go Tully last. before Jericho? All I know is Jericho is last, and I feel like I am forgetting someone. No, I oh the FTR. Both the, of them. Which yeah. FTR man would you put first? Hair or FTR bald? hair? FTR bald. And okay. Jericho. Yeah. Where does Tully fall? Hmm. Free Jericho. <laughs> I think before Jericho. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tully's Tully's in shape. Right. He does a bunch of squats. What you have to understand is Jericho let his butt get very flabby and gross to be intimidating in Japan. Wait, was that his strategy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's his claim. Yeah. They want 
people feel like I put on like a number of layers of fat. And that was so I could intimidate the smaller Japanese people. Okay. Well, then I've I think been intimidating Japanese people my whole life. <laughs> Again on the Austin podcast, he was like, yeah, man. fat to go to Japan. When Jericho, the, the single like uh, thing where you he, he was Austin asked him like if anybody like freelance on promos go too far and he's like yeah no really i mean a couple things mjf said i wonder if he was talking about shots that mjf has taken at jericho's bloodshot eyes and hair that's or, exactly what i was thinking yeah it's that or he he works with hot acts where jericho would be like no i don't i make people i taught people to chant fandango after the night after wrestlemania it had nothing to do with uh some unique thing they decided to do and everything to do with me get, letting fandango get heat on me <laughs> I really like that Yeah Man is the way you, you like get into <laughs> your Jericho impression. Yeah. It's your entry point. You figure it out. Because normally I can only say one thing as him, which is like, yeah, man, that's the thing about Vince. And that's why he's such a genius. But he doesn't say that anymore because he doesn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's more like, yeah, such man, a... that's the great thing about the freedom that Tony gives us. Do you... a different entry than his Obama. Do you, do you remember what... <laughs> Do you remember when the New Day and then Jericho and uh, Megan? You probably remember this too. When the New Day was on the Jericho podcast and and they were telling him like basically like Vince just doesn't fucking get it anymore, uh, and, uh, and Jericho was trying to like reconcile this. Oh, that's the thing yes. about Vince, man, is he sees it like five steps ahead, and he knew that people would hate the extremely <laughs> stupid shit you were doing, and they were like, "Oh no, we saved our careers." Uh, we're one of the great success stories of people who tried to ruin us. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, man. <sighs> oh, Justin, Such you are uh, one eighty from you are you are the best in the world, my friend. Uh, <laughs> thank oh, so you, Jericho. That's just like Jericho, is. yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, again. And uh, I think this is uh, contractually, you have one more appearance you have to make for your health care this year, right? So, oh gosh, yeah. a rock contract. Yeah. Yeah, we're so gonna we'll, have to re renegotiate we'll though, because people love him. Yeah, yeah. but you guys I, were I, trying I, to charge me for the vaccines, which is <laughs> I thought you weren't supposed to do that. No, no, you yeah. got a bad batch. There, yeah, there was a clause or something. You didn't read your contract very well. Oh, You're no. like Miro. <laughs> the Tony Khan uh, white claws clause. <laughs> if they if they ever get announced around to announcing the debut of that reality show, we would definitely would like you have you have you on for that one. But we'll see if Rhodes something else. and Roses. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see if something else uh, hmm. pops up in the interim. But uh, um, until then, uh, yeah. Like, do you have anything you want to plug? <laughs> uh, look, people got to uh, get out there and vote. <laughs> I look. Pokemon go to the polls. Oh, <laughs> uh, look. Um, you know what, what? One time I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert. It was right around the time of the 2012. Oh, I've told this story somewhere, but like my brother was in an Obama loop and he kept saying, uh, Springsteen, uh, the river, the river, the river, because it was on like his list of favorite albums in Rolling Stone. And a woman turned around and said, I don't like hearing from him and I don't want to hear from him now. <laughs> oh my God. And Brandon was like, uh, look. 
But uh, yeah, there wasn't any Joe versus the World for the first time since 2018. We covered Q4 of 1997. Sounds like Andy liked it. We do it yeah. for the true fans. Um, so that is available at thecubsfan.com. Yeah. Normally I plug your show. I'm not sure what to say now. I know, I know, I understand. Uh, and, and you know, please continue to do that whenever you pop up elsewhere, because it's great. It's so um, nice of you. Thank you so much. We, we always get a small spike the uh, for the following episode that, that um, dies away off right away. But um, we get big spikes when you actually appear. So um, for those listening, uh, please, uh, you know, give us another chance when Justin's not around. And uh, and we'll try to we'll try to entertain you. Do you like uh, butt talk? We can talk about butt. <laughs> I sang a song on the show. That should be big. Yeah, yeah. Let's you know. I'll I'll make sure to plug that in the description. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, uh, Megan, Justin, thank you both. And uh, until next time, you've been listening to the Elite Beat. That's what I have to do for your wife, right? Is say her thing. Do it. I don't, they're eval sounds, but I don't know what she says. <laughs> e elite, E E B elite. Close enough. Nailed it. Thank you.